Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Bell here. And do we have a show for you? Welcome, I suppose you could say, to the start of year eight. A wonderful year to be a part of. No one's quarantining. No one's trying to stick anything inside of you unless that's your thing. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got. Rick Darrow here, kid Captain Brunch. Episode uh, 494, Talk Brunch Live. Being joined by Destin Soglo Frazier. Welcome to the real thing you've been looking forward to all weekend long. At least I have. It's been a There's long no weekend. eggs here, so we're good. Yeah. Not yet, at least. We may we may add some something to the third seat. We have to figure it out. I mean, hey, at least at least it'll still have a better finish than that egg. Yes. So, 2014 of November. I had this crazy idea, and today we're still experiencing it. Don't ask me why. I don't even know if there's something wrong with me to still be here. And I guess there's partly something wrong with all of you. <laughs> there's something wrong with us collectively, but that's fine, right? Oh, yeah, that's not bad. But nonetheless, this is a podcast now going into year eight, and we have been available in all the wonderful places that podcasts belong. Including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and of course, Destin's favorite, Podcast Addict, as well as Player FM, which has ranked us as one of the most extreme sports podcasts of 2021. It was extreme that time that I drank a G Fuel with no lid right next to the keyboard. Yo, that's not extreme. That's batshit crazy. Yeah, I'm a risk taker. Like drinking warm monster, like what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, don't, don't do like that. Cold. That's fucking terrible. Like, I don't even like cold monster anymore. Now that I don't really drink anything with sugar in it, I tried one of those silver monsters. They're sugar free. It's like foam in your mouth. Yeah, I remember when that one first came out. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's like, I've noticed that when you go to places that you've rarely been, you see different ones. Like I've seen ones when I was in New York, I saw ones that never even I didn't know existed. Monsters, really? Like the flavor of the flavor of the regional? I, I mean, apparently there's some flavors I only see. I I, can't, I, I I wish for life, man, I could remember what flavor it was. But when I was in New York, I was like, I haven't seen this anywhere else. Oh, that's something else. It was weird as shit. And every once in a blue moon, they come out with new ones. It's crazy. Yeah. So, podcast time, huh? Which, by hey. the way, we will have available for those of you because we know it's late on demand immediately when this is over. That's just the way we roll around here. Um, But yeah, recently it was brought to my attention. Well, not really even brought to my attention, but it was just labeled to my attention uh, where on our show, the only content that we consider real content is the wrestling uh, it was it was more as a critique, less of a um, positive. Like, man, you guys talk about a lot of wrestling. We're like, oh, the only content you guys deal with is a uh, is wrestling, which uh, I I just wanted to bring that up a little bit here in regards to that. Well, it's called Talk Brunch, not Wrestle Brunch, and I guess the reason we have that name is so that we can talk about anything we want. But the wrestling is the foundation of it. 
Um, so on that hand, I see it that way where it's like, yeah, but I disagree on professionally as a, as the producer here, I disagree with the community and the, uh, the brand being, uh, centered primarily around wrestling. So like the producer in me thinks that that's like a bit of an overstatement in regards to the kind of content that I choose to bring and that's available to you. Um, but on a on a personal Rick level, fuck you. Like, how are you going to say some shit? Like, people who, anyone who shares this belief uh, probably doesn't have the amount of interest that I do. And that's not even really being critical. But I kind of feel like storytelling is storytelling. We like wrestling. We, I mean, someone who did like an eight hour Forza stream, what was it yesterday? And did another eight hour one. What did we do? We have like about almost 39 hours worth of Forza content up there. All I'm saying, just to jump in briefly, I went to sleep. I woke up. They were still doing Forza. <laughs> you know, we have, we have fantasy star online content up there. We've done second I'm servings in the past. Um, it's just funny to hear people say that where it's just kind of like, oh, the only content you consider content is wrestling where it's like that's the content that the community wants. Like George has pointed out in the past when it's been spun that way. There are people that enjoy the Monday show and that's simply the way that it is. What's up, George? But uh, yeah, the, the way you point out, like there are people who enjoy the Monday stuff. I sometimes do get burnt out when it comes to the wrestling and I don't consider it like the basis of everything. I love doing the podcast. There's a whole community way more almost eight to ten times more people in the thousands that are listening as far as an audio goes because this makes a better audio piece of content than it does a video realistically really for the chat room people that are nocturnal like i said before it's something that's taped in front of a live chat room audience you know that gets compressed and consolidated down and the time's a lot uh shorter on the podcast version so and a lot and that's where we started so that's always going to be where our community is but the whole reason why we have all these other chat rooms and different content is because of the fact that we're not just primarily doing the the wrestling. There's tons of other content that's that's on here. And when people feel that way, it's kind of like, hey, you don't have to hang out with our lame asses. Go find your own energy. You know, go find a group. Make a group like I did uh, with people who hate wrestling. You know, are there groups like that? They're saying this. You oh, think there's wrestlers. I don't know if that's what they'd be called. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I just thought that it was funny at the end of the day because, no, I think we, we have a do, good job of that. At the end of the day, if I took a nap for 10 years and woke up out of hibernation, uh, there are, it would be it would take a lot of effort for most people to even play a fraction of the amount of games my wife plays, let alone myself. So it's like that doesn't sound like someone who thinks that wrestling is the only content. You know, we've spoken on here I've about countless... Yeah, we, we've spoken on here about countless pop culture series throughout the years, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, I became a know. fan of Walking Dead and Game of Thrones through this show. You know, we, we did a writing through the night special. We brought up all of the different animes and things that we watch and stuff that we're into. We've talked about music on here. We've talked politics and everything. Uh, I think that talk brunch is content. I don't think that wrestling is content. And I find with, with the community being that way, it's like we've never really said we're the largest or the most successful or that we have a cash flow coming in that's amazing. But at the end of the day, I just think that the content uh, is just, I think we have a lot of diverse content. But no, yeah, just to like, clarify, the whole wrestling is the uh, the only thing. No, 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 no. But it is a wrestling podcast. That's the reason we, we move. That's the reason we don't talk about those things on here anymore because we relegated a lot of stuff we used to talk about not wrestling-based to casually on the streams. If people want that, 
go to the other times. Go to a Tuesday or Wednesday or a random stream. A lot of the conversations that used to come up Monday in the first hour are now displaced over there. Yeah, wrestling might make an appearance in the other streams, but it's primarily just random chit-chat. You want to talk about other stuff? We're fine with that. Support the other content that's there. It's not just game streams. It's literally us talking about other stuff. But I guess the focus is more on the wrestling because that's where the community is. So I just thought I would uh, yeah. bring that kind of stuff up. But it's like, oh, you only think that wrestling is content. I don't, uh, motherfucker. You only listen to the shit that just happens to be talking about wrestling. There's six other days in the week. See what happens on those. Yeah, it's always these backseat and shotgunning producers on here. I swear. Anyway. 2K22 has made an appearance, from what I understand. Oh, snap. Yeah, I wish I could stay no snap and not have it. So they've released a trailer I, or I, I, did, I didn't even bother to get excited during the trailer. No, I didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah, I, I mean, see. I, I saved that for, for here. Okay, I guess this is it that we have on the screen here. One moment, folks. Just getting everything lost. Redesign game New controls. Stunning graphics. Immersive presentation. Every move from Lashley is just thundering. New to the universe populated by monsters, giants, and larger than life beings. I was determined to find my own path to the top of the mountain in sports entertainment. IGM mode, oh, that's what I want to go for. The menu is open. My faction mode, that could be cool. My rise. Universe. Creation suite. So much more. Over. Oh, it looks realistic, right? That's nice entrances. It hits different. Full details coming in January. Now, I hope they remember it has to look like that when it comes out. Don't GTA Definitive Edition this. This is 2K, remember? No, well, no, this is a WWE game, not even 2K. I don't trust them still. Yeah. So what's so funny is I love how every I saw everybody on social media. We got GM mode. All I, I all I could think is, well, you can thank AEW for just giving them a GM game right out of the gate because y'all been asking for that shit for like a god, I don't even know how long, and they just never did it. GM mode is great. Oh, yeah, it's, pre- it's that, really it's pretty cool. I mean, think about it. This GM mode is going to be like quick time events because you're going to have to keep up with how fast you release motherfuckers all the time. Oh, my God. It's going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of six guys between this SmackDown and tomorrow's freaking (laughs) Sunday pay-per-view. You know, like you get over the weekend. How can you release people? That's what the whole GM mode should be. Getting getting your budget right. Their whole roster in 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 a year wins. Tightening your budget. Yeah, it's a sad case, but don't worry. We're gonna we have releases to talk about. 
for anyone who thinks oh, yeah. that that segment's ever going away to become like Injury Road. I mean, we used to have Injury Road. So, so what you're telling me is we need release road music. Yeah, I don't even know what you would give release road. I'll see if I can think of something. But that's kind of funny. With new releases, so that means 2K has to change the roster again. Yeah, I was going to say, who are you going to GM? Yourself? Might as well at this point. Because that's all you you're gonna every, your, your entire GM mode is just going to be 10 guys. And you're going to have to do years of programming with just 10 guys. Yep. That's pretty much what it's going to come down to. It's going to be the most easy to manage GM mode ever. You're going to have the same match every week. Quest on Facebook asked how many wrestlers before um, it launches are going to get released. And that's the most fascinating thing about this. Most. You're going to be most. most, And then then basically, this is what they're going to have to do. This is how they're going to maximize their creation suite. You're going to have to create your entire roster for Ron SmackDown. Yeah, that creator wrestler, they're going to need like 200 slots. To be honest, I'm surprised, and I always thought about this. I'm surprised, and I think it's only because Vince doesn't know about wrestling games. When I, I remember when I first played on 360, the later ones. I don't remember the numbers at this point. Whatever the later ones were where they became 2K think, games. Uh, I want to say it was 14 was the last one. Yeah, 14. No, no, no. It was, um, I think it was 17 was the last one for the 360. Yeah, well, that whole set that came out, were you able to add your own music? I remember having, and this was, we're talking like the era where you had like the Nexus and all that shit. I remember having like James Storm and Robert Roode and and Sanjay Dutt, you know, and Johnny Gargano and all this stuff and taking the music from the indies and incorporating it to the game. And it was like, this is, I remember I was addicted to the game. It was like a drug. You know, you could like pump it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I I finally have the one thing in life a wrestling fan will want, control. I can pull anyone from anywhere, get all their moves, music. And I remember I was just marking out hard for that game. And I remember thinking, does, Jesus, does Vince know how this game works? People better thank their blessings that video games are out of his generation. Because I'm fully convinced to this day that if that man understood and sat and played when those games where you could have James Storm fight against Randy Orton, he would have lost his shit. This wouldn't still be going on. They would have gotten rid of the creator wrestler mode where you can have like a like 200 slots or whatever. At the time, I think it was 50. He would have said, get rid of that. We don't want to put their own wrestlers in there. Right. I had Austin Aries and shit. You know, I had pretty much, I did what Triple H did just years, years in advance. I remember, and, and you're going to laugh at how dated this reference is. I can't remember what game it was, but it came out. And then, do you remember the TNA music CD? Yeah, I do. I burned the whole CD onto my system, and I just had a whole fucking roster, and it was awesome. Yeah, that's what I missed. That was a good feature with the 360. You could incorporate outside music into the games, car games, wrestling games. The Xbox yeah. One and the PS5 don't do that. Like, there's not really a way. And I think nowadays with licensing and everything, they wouldn't allow it, even though it really wouldn't matter because when you played online against people, you would come out to no music. You only heard on your side. And you only heard it when you were in your universe mode. But then doing it off the air and everything. Um, I'm pretty sure that there would now be new flags. Like, for example, imagine how WWE would feel if, like, you have, like, Randy Orton show up in an AEW game or vice versa. Like, there's going to be stuff about that that's going to cause some sort of legalities. But back when we were playing the wrestling games, man, I did literally exactly that. And it's I- ironic because... If you guys remember, in a lot of the games, you really couldn't make drastic changes to the universe modes uh, shows. So we made NXT 
It's funny to think about. I wonder if I stuffed my save files because NXT was garbage. We made it. That's AJ, AJ Styles and, and, and fucking Johnny Gargano and all these guys. That's what we were putting in NXT. We want to putting like like Adam Cole in NXT and the Bucks. Like when we did it, just because of the necessity of you couldn't put it anywhere else. It was like shit. NXT's like the third thing. They only has three matches a week instead of the five. But fuck it, let's just put. And that's where we put the indie guys. We had Jay Lethal there and like. So it's funny where you think about it, it's like art imitating life, life imitating art. But early, way before WWE had opened their minds, back when. They were calling Daniel Bryan a real B plus player. He was hanging out the Bella Twins on shit NXT. We were doing things like that when he was with No My Pants EC3. Remember those days? And people were going to be like, what is he even talking about? They're not even going to know. People don't even know about that. The No My Pants EC3 that was with Daniel Bryan back when he was. (laughs) I love that stable. (laughs) I really wanted it to stay that way. I I wanted Daniel Bryan EC3 and the Bellas. Like I was hooked, and they started fighting over him, and then he knocked the thing over. No, my pants! No, my pants! Ah! What was it? It was Fourth of July, right? <laughs> the Fourth of July NXT yeah. special, the game show one. Good lord! Oh my god! Don't tell me I got practicing down again. I'll do it, but I'm just like I don't know if you should. <laughs> I'm sure you see three won't appreciate it. Ah uh, well, nah. He doesn't know the no-mind. No or some kind of shit. I don't give a fuck. I remember thinking that would be a good team. I was like, a, that was my favorite team. I was like, man, they, they have the guy who could kick a lot of ass. Because at the time, we didn't know he was going to become the yes person. We were like, you have like American Dragon. And then you have like this new guy who seems pretty cool. Like, I kind of felt they could have been a devastating team. You know? I don't think I was far from, from right about it, right? Not at all. Like, EZ3 turned out okay. And Brian Anderson's doing good for himself. If the two of them turned out together, I think they both kicked somebody's ass, right? So early on, when I saw it in NXT, I wasn't wrong. The Bellas even turned out correct. That whole stable technically is successful. I bet they never want to call back to it. But if you wanted to talk about the best breakout stable of all of NXT history, is it them? Yeah, man. Freaking Daniel, EC3, Nikki. Oh, yeah, and Brie was there, too. Yeah, because it, be, uh, it, it can't be the Shield. They're gone, and it can't be the the Undisputed Era, and it can't be Hit Row. So technically, by default, the, the, the best stable in all of NXT the best breakout stable that went on. EC3, No My Pants EC3, Daniel Bryan and the Bella Twins. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> I just love that you throw it in there like a the game. Like you throw it in like parentheses like a games do whenever it's like a different version of somebody. I wouldn't laugh. Like either there's like EC3, NXT, EC3, No My Pants EC3. I wouldn't last to one creative meeting without either getting my ass kicked or just released for straight up. <laughs> like, there's no way because I would be saying things. I'd be like, you know, you guys, remember you guys had No My Pants EC3? <laughs> you could do something like that. And they'd be like, what? You know, No My Pants EC3. That wasn't you? Whoever did that still work here? No? All right. Moving on. <laughs> that's what would be my attitude toward it. No, my pants. I was like, let's be real. No My Pants EC3 is better than anything that you fuckers are pitching right now. Okay. Derek Bateman. Look up Derek Bateman, guys, if you want to see back when he was in the old thing. Oh, those were good days. Yeah, but here come more bad days because I have to look at screenshots of, of WWE 2K22. I haven't seen them yet, so maybe this is exciting. I should be trying to put it over, right? So let's have a look. No, here. I don't feel like putting over anything of theirs. Okay, I got to get it on the Tron for these guys. So that's uh, that's Bill. So I'm already disappointed. Oh, wait, I put the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> this is what you guys want. No, that was what we wanted. Oh, That looks good, man. Yeah, but it's Bill. They just made him look younger. I'm, I like, I like what I see. 
Graphics can't look bad nowadays. That's like special effects being shitty in a movie. We've got our technology. It's so different when you really think about it. Like, because we grew up in a generation where you could have good graphics or bad graphics. Now I guess you GTA, have to have, like, God-tier levels of stuff. Like, I have to be able to see the bead of sweat roll around your eye in this game. I guess GTA sort of debunked that. They showed us that it is still possible to fuck up graphics. Because look at the GTA trilogy. But in most cases... You can no longer, like back in the day, determine how good a game is. This is going to be good because of the graphics. Because something could be yeah. dog shit and well, it look wonderful. Ooh, now that I think about it, the trailer did show one thing they did that's got to give people a lot of high hope. And what's that? Edge's hair actually moved. On this day, hair moves freely. Look at McIntyre looks a little off. What the hell's wrong with that McIntyre? Right. <laughs> looks like the Scottish crimson chin. Like, what the fuck? See, Roman looks good. Yeah, that's a good Roman. Good Roman lighting and like everything. McIntyre looked like he just woke up. Man, that looks really good. These shots are the ones that convince me more. Yeah. That's the thing. They have to... It has to function as good as it looks. Like, if it does and the game comes out amazing, I'm all for it. But as somebody who played 2K20 and still enjoyed what was there... They went back to using the pictures on the character select screen, right? There's no fucking way that's a model of Big E. Oh, yeah, they had to have. Because I was like, we haven't gotten that far. You, you guys you guys went back to using the photos on the, on the character select screen. I don't know who you're trying to fool it. Because for a while, we started using the in-game models when you're scrolling through the characters. That is Big E. You took a picture of his ass and put it in right, the game. Yeah, they, they went for the old shut their mouth route. <laughs> yeah, because for a minute, I looked up at the bill. I was like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to get it now. I'll pre-order right away. No, full of shit. Oop, wrong thing. I don't know why I put that up there. Imagine that. Rock and Mustafa. Oh, my God. They're just fucking... They're going to go to 2K Battlegrounds. Mustafa is fucking DLZ. Yeah, no, that was for a later story. See what he struck him in that, in that part of the trailer. Jeff's hair moved. I have hope. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I got to be straight with you. I don't have any hope whatsoever. The people who make the games quit because they hated working for WWE and then the the roster that they're working on the new guys that didn't get the game right the first time also quit or did quit but the wrestlers they're working on quit they'll probably quit too yeah and like we hear this thing where it's like I love how that thing started like I love how they bullshit at the very beginning of the trailer we said we were gonna wait till January we couldn't wait yes the fuck you can motherfuckers still out here holding for GTA 6 shut the fuck up I could wait I got, I, got, I, got, I got UFC 4. I don't need y'all right now. I thought I would miss him more than I did, but I, I don't. George asked if that's Willow. I swear, dude, if the Dirt Sheets break one more interview, one of two things needs to happen. The Dirt Sheets need to stop breaking when Jeff says he wants to bring Willow into WWE, or Jeff needs to stop saying that in interviews. Because every week, I come across one or two podcast interviews on the Sheets where Jeff's talking about how he wants to bring Willow to WWE. And that automatically becomes, will he show up as Willow in WWE? First of all, I don't care. Because it's just him putting on like a fucking hat, right? And an umbrella. It's like, I could believe Jeff Hardy could hold a hat and an umbrella. It's just a matter of what they let him. It wouldn't be like the most amazing thing. It would be like more amazing like if Matt showed up. Then it'd be like, holy shit, how did they do that? But whether or not Jeff could hold a fucking umbrella, like he's still Jeff Hardy no matter what. I'm more amazed that they have, to me, the biggest magical thing that's happened here is the fact that Jeff Hardy's here. What are you doing with this company? How the hell did you wind up with a contract amongst all the chaos that was going? Don't you talk to your brother? See, the thing about it is with me, the reason I because I know it won't be anywhere near as fun as it was in TNA. So I just don't need it. 
Yeah, that's right. They tried like, to like, 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 like at least and I even show you from that one clip we played on the air. At least in TNA, it was fun. In WWE, it's just going to be hokey and main event material at best. Well, did you like um, Woken Matt? Not as much as Broken Matt. I mean, I don't remember too much from Woken Matt. Except See, Woken, that he Woken Matt was like a whole, You know what it is? Because you missed that whole era in TNA. No, I remember. Oh, what? what I'm saying is, I remember Broken. I watched everything of Broken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Woken Matt just didn't leave any impression. Like, I just remember him fighting Bray. I remember Broken, and it was fantastic. And not even the things I even remember after was the the AEW one that teleported around. That was even more memorable. And it was different. Yeah, and when you Vanguard know what? Because it got wasn't killed. WWE just toning everything down and adding unnecessary shit. See, Willow was amazing. If I ever get a chance, I have to say some of the what some of the other stuff he did was Willow and DNA. It was great. I don't want Willow and WWE because it's not going to be great. It's going to be a dumpster fire with an umbrella. I was never a big fan of Willow, but that time that he got thrown into the lake of reincarnation is worth it. Like, just that alone, even though I've never been big on a character, just him coming out <laughs> and rising back out of water, just that fucking moment popped me. It was worth everything see, see, that happened. See, now, imagine that. Water down. Pun not intended. And Jeff would be okay with That's it. That's what we're going to get if we have in WWE. Like, I hope Jeff understands what he's wishing for. Jeff, I have heard say... And this is like in recent time. Like it sounds to me when I when I hear him in interviews, how I never put him on here is boring. It sounds to me like he's just fine with everything in life. He literally said that in an interview. When I asked him about his book, and he was like, "I'm fine with everything." And man, I look at it as just another chapter of my life that's in the storyline. Like he doesn't seem to care. He doesn't seem to look at it the way we do. Like, well, they could have they made him drink, and how could they have him Seamus? And they doesn't seem to care, dude. He seems fine. I've never heard somebody in an interview sound so fine. He doesn't seem to, he doesn't feel upset. I mean, that, that's Jeff is an enigma, literally. I don't even know if he realizes it, but it's kind of he. He seems cool when I when I I've mean, heard Jeff in recent time, which is why I never bring it on here. He just seems like, hey Jeff, how's it going? I'm I'm alright, man. I'm good. How about you? Yeah, he just seems like he's just chilling. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's fine. He's completely which is happy. Great for him and all, but Jeff, your fans want to see you actually do shit, my man. Yeah, like, they give me lots of money and I come in, man. They 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 they, which, they, they, they don't want. We want to see you sober and doing shit that doesn't involve running around twenty four seven title. Speaking of lots of money, and I don't want to segue too far, but uh, as much as they're talking about this small guy incentive and this young guy incentive, from what I've been hearing, they are trying everything in their power before December 12th when his contract is up to keep Gargano here. So you say what you want about small guys, but they have been trying all kinds of shit to keep Johnny Gargano from leaving December 12th. All kinds of shit. They still Leave have Johnny. some common Leave. sense within them because they are not just letting Johnny Gargano. Everybody throw, well, Gargano's next. It's like, no, 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 my friend. They're not looking at it that way. They do not want that to happen. I can tell you that for sure. So we're just talking about a lot of money. They offered him a lot of shit to stay. So just a little segue. They want to talk about my kind. I'll forget later. That's not in the program. There's something that I, I remember in the old brain. Oh, I'm saying Gargano, don't do it. Why? They're lying. They probably told Tyler they were going to give her a lot of shit. Remember how that turned out? Anyway, more. <laughs> I can't even look at this one without laughing. More fun stuff. Oh, God. Did you see this chop video? No? What? No, you didn't I, see this chop oh, video? Wait a minute. I'm going to set it up then. So there's a fight. Let me see what Stasis wrote there. Remember friends when Monica was dating a guy that drank a lot, then he stopped drinking and was like a drag? That's what happened to Jeff. I do remember that. I was Damn. <laughs> I did. 
they got that one guy where, where where Monica got him to stop drinking and he just became this really you know he became like Orange Cassidy he was just like sort of there it was like uh uh-huh. and he was no longer cool or fun he used to be this really cool happy guy to Monica was, that was a good friends episode and then when they told him to lay off the sauce he just literally he was Orange Cassidy it was just like unbearably like just there <laughs> that was that was a good arc <laughs> Oh, get back on the sauce! Writing it down. They want him to do the it. Sauce. Get back on the sauce. <laughs> he just was. That was a good. Uh, that's why as much people shit on friends. To me, that's that was creative for the time. I was like, who would have thought? Like, oh fuck! Friends now we're stuck with the show. most the most boring guy in the world. What do we do? <laughs> like Jeff, just chill now. Don't drink, Jeff. It's okay. That motherfucker's ma. Never mind. All right, I gotta set up this chop video. The All best right, thing I can I'm say is this is. This is a viral video where there was a fight, like in a diner or something, and the guy. Wait a minute! I know what you're talking about. And the guy legitimately ends the fight with a Ric Flair chop. You but know, I've like, heard about this, but I had not seen the video. I can't even spoil it. Then I, we, you're just gonna have to see the way this turns out, man. Oh God! Like it's not what you would expect from a Ric Flair chop. Let's just get this ladies large. and gentlemen, I think in the time I've been on this show, I think some of my favorite moments are when I get to react to stuff live. Okay, wait, hold on. Because I have it on our Tron. I, I have it on the Tron, but I don't have it on for you. There we go. Right. Here we are now. Yo, I never knew it could be used. I never knew it could be used as a finisher. <laughs> you know? What the fuck happened? Wait a minute. Did you see him set? Did that motherfucker load and charge back all that chop? He he licked his he fingers. Did that like, he did he that charged, like it was dude, a traumatization. He charged back and licked his fingers. He, he turned like licked his fucking fingers. If this was like oh a, my. if this was like a fucking Marvel versus game, he would have done that pose with a character's large, like yo, that is psycho now. He fucking licked his fingers and chopped that man. I don't know if that dude's back is broken or if he has a concussion or both, because he recoiled across the. He looked like Batman. You ever seen Batman Five Hundred when Bane broke him over his fucking knee? <laughs> Like, look at this. I have to see this again. Like, oh yeah, he slid in too. He did the rock slide, like the people's elbow slide. <laughs> How how good must he be at, at chops that to? That motherfucker walked off. He walked off like a, he, he was Mark Hunt. The oh guy was stunned before the chop, but that's that's wrestling. You got to set up the finish, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it even better. Now we know how to set up the chop to be a fucking finish. You kick the guy that first. Try. That's how wrestling. That wrestling is real. That whole, <laughs> that whole video, I was trying to reach for the mute button, but I couldn't move my arms. <laughs> That Yo, to me, he slapped that motherfucker. He slapped him so hard that shit was like an exorcism. We need to ordain that man as a priest. Now you know that you oh can set up a God. good chop. If you beat somebody up, wear them down, and then chop them, it works. We've just seen it work. That guy, that guy wasn't <laughs> selling. 
and he looked like Dolph Ziggler. Break his back, fuck his ass. That oh that is God, that is tears. messed up, man. The way that guy slumped over. <laughs> oh my God! Yo, he kept his eyes on him just long enough to watch him fall and then walk the fuck off. Oh, holy shit! Boys and girls, we have the screenshot. No pro, no, no, no arguments, no debates. Oh, you don't know this episode. You'd be surprised, man. Oh. It's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. But there's too much going on. Oh, my God. Yeah, all you see is feet. Because that's probably all that's left. Yeah, right? It looks like a a true crime scene. (laughs) (laughs) He's down like he took a ref bump, right? That motherfucker unleashed the father, the son, and the holy fuck you. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. He walked away. Yeah, he walked away with purpose, right? (laughs) <laughs> he got like the whole finisher animation you know that's the like when you walked away with like he walked away with like samuel l jackson levels of fuck you like. yeah that's like when you get when you oh hit somebody with God. the full finish like when they're not blocking so you get the whole animation your character gets to look cool and pose after he goes ah bye yo he turns oh. backwards and shit <laughs> he got the really he he getting pussy tonight somebody watch that mr finisher over here i dare you tell him no i dare you <laughs> Oh, yo, that is a dangerous fucking level of confidence when you lick your hand before impact. Like, you understand the hell you are about to unleash on this man. He don't know, but you know. He really does. Oh, man. All right. Well, oh, my God. that was a top boy. Moving on. That was <laughs> I can't even believe that. So. Yeah. We gotta get out of here. We'll, there, we'll be here all day. I swear to God. Being in New York, the uh, the WWE superstars <sighs> dropped by the Stephen Colbert show, and uh, they played that game that they play. What the hell is it called? Questions. WWE superstar. Just one question. WWE superstar edition, where people from the staff get to oh. ask people in the WWE. Just one question. I'll link you guys to the whole thing. I just picked out a few that I thought were interesting here that we can look at. Bear with me here, getting it up on the screen. What's your favorite part about being in WWE? I get to beat girls up and lift them over my head and get paid while I do it. Hey, Big E, do you think I can get as big as you? Of course you can. It's mostly positivity and optimism. You're going to want at least 70 pounds of positivity. (laughs) What's the most painful hold you've ever experienced? Right now. I've been on hold for 45 minutes with the damn cable company. My question is for Street Profits. I noticed that you spell profit with an F like money. So do you have any financial advice for people? Yeah. (laughs) Stop talking about Bitcoin. Yeah, just stop. Just stop talking about it. Please. Randy Orton, they call you the Viper. Is that because of your killer instincts? No. It's because I'm a parcel mouth. Huh, really? I would have never guessed it. Classic Ravenclaw. What music gets you pumped up before a WWE match? Nah, 
I love heavy metal after a match, but before a match, I only listen to Bob Dylan's Christmas album. It's so weird. It makes me really angry. Hey, Becky, this guy wants to know if it hurts to get hit by a steel chair. Oh, wow, I guess it does hurt. Bianca Belair, I love when you use your long braid to whip people, but I've always wondered, is it real? Not only is it real, it has a mind of its own. Check it out. Oh, there she is. There she is. There she is. Oh, she likes you. Oh. That's somewhat scary. Hey there. You working on any new finishing moves? Yeah, I got this new one called the Gut Buster, where I serve them an entire Thanksgiving meal, and I wait for them to take a nap so I can pin them. I'm bringing all the fixes! That could have gone so dark so fast. I'm bringing all the fixins. <laughs> That's awesome. Here's the whole thing. I drop you guys the link. Biggie's an amazing champ. Only champ with true babyface charisma. He's not full of suffering succotaz in his sour cream. And that's not easy to say. Wink, wink. Wink. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, but yeah, look at Biggie. I can't imagine what you what that man will be eating on uh, freaking Thanksgiving. Willie! What's going on, Will? How have you been? No people on domain. He's not eating Willie. Some of y'all don't pay attention. I got to clarify these things. Welcome to the party. Willie, you missed the funniest thing ever. It's on demand. <laughs> yeah, he'll see it. <laughs> he'll see it. It's on demand. <laughs> he, won't, he, he won't be able to get through the rest of the episode, though. Because <laughs> I know I fucking won't when I see it on demand. Yeah, right. Oh, God. It was the chop to end all chops. I'll tell you that. We didn't get to see Turning Point. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but I know before George anticipates Turning Point. Uh, no. I forgot it happened until like the other day. It was on Saturday, but I did hear that it was really good. So, uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to do the Mustafa Ali rock one just because that image came up earlier. And if I don't do it, that's going to stay a mystery. It's going to haunt people forever. They're going to be like, why did he have Mustafa Ali and the rock up on screen like that? Like, what was that going to be? Right. You know, unless they already scoured the dirt sheets, which honestly, at this point, people listen to podcasts in the middle of the night, probably scoured the dirt sheets. So they're like, oh, it's that story. It's more smarky than it would be anticipating, right? I mean, just a little. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Tron on. So uh, let me have a look here make sure that I have the quote correct because I did really like the quote. Basically, Mustafa Ali said that there was a point where The Rock was at Raw doing some filming he put this on social media he said the rock was at raw doing some filming for fighting with his family and at the time he was part of the cruiserweight division and they all pretty much knew to stay out of the way and the rock was walking by with a camera crew and was busy talking to multiple people about the upcoming shoot he walks by all the cruiserweights who were pretty much posted up against a wall out of his way and he stops he does a 180 and he says hello to all of them and shakes everyone's hands and he says, saying hello shouldn't be a big deal, but when you're brand new and one of the biggest stars treats you like a peer, like it really means something. The Rock saw this and he responded. And he said, I remember this moment very well. I was impressed at how sharp everyone was dressed and how well respectful you guys just stood there. Mouth shut, ears and eyes open. How it should be with Rooks. I'm happy you've made it to the dance. Make all the money you can and have fun. Rock. So what stood out to me and what I like was when he said how it should be with Rooks about them all standing there all sharp dressed and respectful. Rock's an old school guy as much as people try to pin him as this, you know, 
like oh you know he's not gonna understand about Naya getting released and everything or if people don't do the right thing or do the honors and all that other stuff you got to remember the generation that rock was raised around when it comes to like the in-ring etiquette and their behavior and the way you have to do pay your dues i'm pretty sure that he is from the generation where you were sort of a young boy and you carried the bags of the older guy and you had to pay homage and you didn't get to talk shit about your spot you know and i'm not saying it's fair i'm not saying it isn't either but i'm just saying that from the rock's perspective i like that he said you know that whole line there about mouth shut, ears and eyes open, how it should be with rooks. Write that down, how it should be with rooks. <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a bit of a hidden message somewhere in there because in order for the rock, sometimes what someone says, you have to look at it in contrast to what it means. That means that he doesn't appreciate when he hears about talent that's considered rookies being entitled. If he's saying that the way it should be with rooks is mouth shut, ears and eyes open then i do feel that in some cases when we do see talent that just got there giving problems or giving attitude he's probably not gonna look at it as much from the public eyes as you would think the other thing that i wanted to clarify is that rock has a good working relationship with the wwe he's friends with them that's how come they promote his red notice movie and all that other stuff i don't really he's gonna look at it more from the side of a I think he'll look at it from the old school mentality side in a lot of ways. And you take that to Naya and just making assumptions here, because I have heard that he looks at Naya as a sister. But I mean, he's also not oblivious to like stuff that happens or the sense of entitlement that she has kind of had in the past or stuff that she said on social media or been vocal about. Maybe he feels everyone needs to stay hungry and humble. That's what he's told people to do, right? Yep. Yeah, so just a bit of a theory there. What do you think about it? About what what he said in response to them all being lined up and attentive. I mean, at the end of the day, that's how he learned. Like he was lying, he was always attentive, wasn't whining and complaining about anything he got. At the end of the day, he had enough common sense, especially with the family he grew up in. You start at the bottom and you have to work your way to the top. You don't start at the bottom, think you should be at the top, and then get to the top. That's not how it works. And I mean, then with the Naya thing, he, he the guy's not stupid. Like with some of the stuff Naya's said online, you could see her flexing that, you know, who my cousin is muscle. So it's just like, of course, it's not going to be a situation where he's going to feel where he's going to be devastated that she's released. It's just going to be one of those things where it's like, hey, you should have, first of all, stayed hungry, not got complacent just because of who you're related to. But I mean, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's kind of funny how we bring up a story with The Rock and um, the new Ruthless Aggression just came out, which talked pretty much about Hollywood Rock. But yeah, this is a guy, that's how it was when he was around, so why not keep the same energy? You don't have to change with the time where everybody thinks, oh, I was this good this place, so I should automatically get this. Like, no, you don't automatically get anything. You fight for what you earn, just like everybody else who came before you. Mm-hmm. And segueing a bit into the Ruthless Aggression era in Hollywood Rock, I did watch that yesterday because how long it took us to get on the air for the post show. I want to watch the whole thing getting ready. It was fantastic. That's one of my favorite heel characters. Uh, and I'm glad that they that they did something in regards to that, uh, showing that. But from what I'm hearing, the plan was to have that Ruthless Aggression time the way that it was for the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut at Survivor Series. And he was supposed to be there. Everything that was on the card is what it was supposed to be. But The Rock's Uh, filming schedule conflicted so the show really was planned around him but he wasn't able to do it so they just wound up doing the show that they were gonna do if the rock was there and uh i mean yeah that when you look at something like that 
it is a bit risky. You know, there were people on the team when they found out that The Rock wasn't going to be around. They got worried and they started speaking creative and they were like, look, we're doing this entire show with a rock a ruthless aggression episode coming on afterwards and during the show we're talking about the rock it almost feels like the rock's going to be there and they had all these different run sheets that they were going to go through they actually even suggested to have the biggie uh roman match be first that way the uh preconceived notion of the rock showing up would get out of their systems and then have becky go on last and for some reason they still ended like that leaving everybody there and from what i've heard people didn't get up because since they did put that last they were still waiting for the rock's music to hit so it's a shame that they actually that there are people on the team who went to them and said, "Look, we got to move the rock thing up on the I mean, move the Roman thing up on the car to the to the front and put Becky last because then no one would have ended it would have ended better too." But for whatever reason, they did this. But that's that's essentially the reason for anyone who was wondering why this turned out the way it is, and that's the reason we got a ruthless aggression era that was going to be about Hollywood Rock. Rock would have probably closed the show coming out, and then it would have went into that, and they would have kept people uh, engaged, if you will. Yeah. It it definitely would have come off a lot better, and yeah, like having Roman and Biggie open would have yeah that would have because once you see Roman and you don't see Rock, you're not sitting there for the rest of the show thinking okay now I'm gonna see him. Yeah, but but when you have them sitting at the main event, e- even I was sitting there even when it got to the point where the trademark thing came up, I'm waiting to hear his music because it's like okay he's got to be coming. I really felt like he was gonna be there that they were working us. Yeah, and it's like they could have also just adjusted. Like, if you're going to do that, okay, maybe show me Rock's best moments. Don't throw in the thing about the egg because the egg just reinforces it further. Like, don't give me a segment where Vince is sitting here with his egg talking to Roman about his cousin because you're just reinforcing it. Instead of doing what they could to kind of kill that energy in the crowd, they just reinforced it. When just the, the was just small minor adjustments kind of just kill that whole thing people don't go home and pissed off afterwards and do they really want to do that again like what happens if the rock shows up right like let's book this in our minds for a minute here real quick just so i have a clear path so rock shows up at this survivor series he's standing on the ramp i guess he challenges roman this leads into wrestlemania a good booker what will we do well we will make the royal rumble in january have a match where for some reason the rock has to tag team with roman against someone that's babyface and roman is a scumbag during the tag team and the rock's conflicted and that's how you keep them in like you know relevant between the three-month period of survivor series and uh mania i mean not mania rumble and then you have another three-month period to go into mania where you have them face each other we we figured that out god forbid they fucked that up but once you get to mania my question is so then what rock wins and he becomes one of those champions that pops in which is what happened when he beat cm punk remember that when the fat kid threw his title on the floor because he won with the people's elbow and it went viral those days yeah he, he he wrestled defended the title once and then dropped it it was cool to have him hold the title but he really just kind of held the title he didn't really do anything with the title except the fact that he held it is The Rock going to stick around and have a one last title run like Hogan did when he came back? I don't think so. So what's the alternative? Roman wins? <sighs> nope. Roman wins, right? And then what happens after Roman wins? Who goes over? The company's in such bad condition at this point that I would make Roman like the next Bruno San Martino. It'd be something like 649 days, still champion, blah, blah, blah. Because there's nothing else they could do now. It's kind of like they're stuck. May as well just leave and it on release him. so many fucking people, like... 
By the time it's one of those things where it's like I'm tired. By the time go ahead. they take the title off of Roman, since they don't really have anyone formidable enough, it should be such a big deal that it should be like the pyro should go off firework. There should be a parade out in the city. It should be like when the Republic defeated the droid fucking army. I want you know i want georgia <laughs> dancing i want parades you know ah that's what i fucking want like that's what they need because there's nothing else to do right now except have rock come and be here every like month or so one time which i don't want so may as well just have roman be like literally make it where in the future people be like the only person besides team was roman he was like 649 days champion or beyond that you know give them enough time they literally can raise somebody to become the next person to face him like in a medieval toy story or some shit and then we'll have that <laughs> we'll have the star wars celebration at the end <laughs> let's see what <laughs> they gotta make sure and make sure they don't release a bunch of people while they're doing it oh i'm sure they will i'm sure they will yeah you're dying to <laughs> talk about those releases never, unfortunately i get that moment it's gonna be underwhelming no matter what they do you're dying to talk about those releases you know what it is? It's just because like this is it's the tenth time we're here, and I'm just like, mm. and you know what it is? I just have to let a little steam out of the vent every time, so I don't like rage and like choke a deer or some kind of shit. But it, it's choke a deer. Yeah, write it down. Yeah. You gotta write that down. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> choke a deer. That is a special type of rage, right there, people. That really is, man. That's some scary shit. I really think that. If I ever make an antagonist in a story, he's going to have to choke a deer. <laughs> because, like, what's more of an impressionable thing to see? You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine that written into a story will stay with you forever? Like, could you imagine at a sunset, like a child looking over the hill and it just sees the silhouette of something choking a deer? <laughs> you don't even need to fucking draw it fully. Just the silhouette of just a, of just the thing choking the deer will be enough. They wouldn't even show it. They just show it through the shadows of the sunset, through the kid's eyes. That's a villain Fuck right that there. Right ever. That's what they need to do. That's how you, that old Walking Dead reference. That's how you make a Lizzie. Choke a deer. Choke a deer. That's how you make a Remember when Terry Funk slapped the my horse <laughs> during his promo? Oh my god. Terry Funk slapped the horse. He's like, somebody gonna somebody listen to you, somebody don't listen to you, you're gonna slap him. And he slapped the horse right in the face. Like it was a shoot slap too, and the horse reared back like oh I was like, oh shit. I'm never gonna mess with this dude. He just slapped a fucking horse on a during a promo. <laughs> that horse doesn't know the difference between yeah, kayfabe. Like, right, that horse is just like you motherfucker. Like, oh my god! But yeah, it, it's uh, that's why I'm worried for whenever the end of Roman's um, run uh, as Universal Champion comes, just because. I'm seeing, I've already seen people where I'm like, ooh, that guy could have been the one. That guy could have been the one. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? And people want this Rock Roman match so bad, but it's yet another case. Nobody's thinking past the surface level. All they're thinking is they're cousins. Nobody's thinking how you're going to get me to that moment. Nobody's thinking what happens at the end of the match. Nobody's thinking after the match. They're just thinking, they're cousins. That's a dangerous lack of thought to put in something. But we you just can take advantage of it if thing. it's if that's it's booked correctly. More thought than most people have put into it when they want this match. But that's the point, though, that if it's booked correctly, they could take advantage of all of those bullet points that I put in there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, 
I could there's all kinds of things that they could do. Like if oh my god, if I had the storyline, like the, the the things, the fun that we could have, it would make everybody torn by the time we hit Mania. I would like first of all that payback, like the Usos for losing to RK Bro, I would have been like I would have had Roman want to give them tough love for that shit. And I would have them tag against the rock and him. You know, we're going to have to show you me and older cuz are going to have to show you guys some tough love since you let Orton and fucking Riddle kick your asses like that. And Rock gets involved in the match because Roman does do that training day reasoning on him that he did on the Usos. Where he's like, kind of like the saying, like, you know, where our Samoan pride and shit and Rock sort of half buys it. But during the match, Roman's just brutal on them, man. Like, they could literally do some shit like that where it's like he's Superman punching him over and over. He doesn't go for a cover. Rock conflict in the corner they push each other there's some shit that happens you know what i mean like they could have made this story real real genuine and it, it was weird is that they kind of did it the first time with jimmy and jay where like one of them was conflicted about being with roman and the other one wasn't and he wouldn't like give in and shit they could have done something really cool where having roman and rock tag so that you fill in royal rumble which no one's gonna give a fuck about because i don't even know where you're gonna get 30 people from but you could have had the roman and rock thing happen it's gonna be the whole roster yeah everybody even the ref you know but it's like they could have done something cool where it's kind of like that would have led into something interesting i think where it's like this the stuff is there it's not like you gotta well we gotta pay for this no you have actually all the things that you need it's like if i gave you everything that you needed for a salad the dressing the lettuce tomato everything that you like even some bacon bits and that shit pepper and you just fucking stood there like an asshole bowl everything and starved to death Come back. Why the fuck is he dead? He didn't know. <laughs> Why is he dead? What happened? <laughs> fucking make a salad. That's what that's what WWE does. The fans that make it starve to death. They have what all this it? shit. They do nothing. What was it that uh? I can't believe that we're gonna go back to this. But what was it that uh? The Biggie said in this image I'm bringing up. I, I bring all the what? It's one of I'll the. Bring. the I bring all the fixings. Bring all the fixings. WWE. Right did that. Bring all the fixings. Jesus. How are you not doing any of this shit? We're looking at us or nothing. Where are they going to get 30 people? I'd lose sleep at night, man. I give them credit for being as cool. I'd be losing sleep. I worry about dumb shit with the show. That's like no one would even notice. And these motherfuckers go to sleep without 30 people for the Royal Rumble. And they sleep like babies. Isn't it, isn't you know it weird? What, you know why that is, though, Rick? No, you I really don't. You why that is? Because you give a shit about the people who are listening. Newsflash WWE marks. They don't give a fick about like, you. Like, if it was my company, I wouldn't be eating. I'd be like, yeah, my, my, my wife would be like, are you hungry? No, man, I can't even think of 30 people for the Rumble in January. And it's, and it's Thanksgiving week. They still have to stuff mouth, stuff food in your fucking face. Eat! Be like, I can't eat. I'm going to look ridiculous when I, when I don't have 30 you've been, you, you've been up for three days trying to book WrestleMania. WrestleMania ended last night. <laughs> it's just weird, the kind of things that you'd have to do, you know? Give me the NyQuil that they drink to sleep at night because we haven't even gotten into the, 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 the bad stuff yet and we're really talking about how do they sleep at night and, and it's funny because the more I thought about it especially when I listened back to um, last night's post show I think that's why I'm so hard on it now they're to the point where it's like why are people not demanding beyond perfection from them considering they give us mediocre at best on a regular basis but they get all the praises in the world for doing moderately okay like no no not to not to uh, around so not, not to segue too far but i told you this off the air and this is a shoot here because i know a lot of people not as many people listen to our post shows as they do the monday show 
so I don't normally listen back to anything that we do. But last night after one of the, I wanted to adjust my equipment here, my audio. So I had the, the show that we did, the poster running in the background. And I just had it. And I sort of heard myself talking about, we were complaining about the egg. And I kind of cringed and thought, we, we complained about that egg a lot. Like I even gave it like a a segment on the on this on tonight's raw where I said it's gonna open with like the dramatic thing with the feedback of the egg and it's gonna do the ta dun 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 ta dun 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 and it's gonna like fade to black on the egg and that's gonna be the lead into raw and I remember we jokingly were just saying this I was like we really trolled them and tonight those motherfuckers really legitimately I I felt like trolled. It literally opened with the egg thing, and at the end of the promo, it actually did the da dun dun da dun dun, and it faded to black and started raw. Can you believe that we called? I wish we we should have pulled our own audio from last night. I was just kidding. I would never start a show like that. That was the whole point of the joke. Now, 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 I'm gonna follow his shoot with another shoot. Once that promo package ended, I stopped watching raw. I was like, you, no, you're not you gonna know what's great, though? respect you, me with that shit and then me finish this. I know, fuck, don't ask me what happened on Raw. I don't know. And here's the thing. Raw was really good. Get, listen to the end, guys, because Raw was good. I watched all of Raw. I enjoyed Raw. But the beginning, they opened with the egg thing, like I said. They did, and I was just kidding, but... It, <laughs> couldn't believe they did it that way man raw was good though i think that because but you know what also and i want to discredit them they were still in the barclay center when they're in my neighborhood um they're gonna give their best they're gonna in new york they're not gonna so this was they treated it like it was more survivor series i expect that of them i think next week will be the real test but raw was excellent you know but but keep in mind you guys know how they are when they do like it's like whenever they're in new york you guys know automatically that the night after a pay-per-view they still are all pay-per-viewed up so that's really what it was. It was actually the matches were like the best that they've had on Raw in a very long time. Everything about the show was golden. We're going to joke about some stuff that happens. I don't want to jump too far ahead with that. But uh, yeah, I, I said I, I enjoyed Raw, man. Maybe maybe they don't they don't want to get killed. That, that could be that, too. And you know what? That egg joke paid off with a Brooklyn with they had a little Brooklyn thing to the end of it. That we'll, that we'll get into it actually had a Brooklyn twist, which I like. Thought went into this. Don't ask me how the hell we wound up there. But thought went into this. All right. Well, you know what? I, re- I wanted to at the top of the hour. We're a little bit late, but at the top of the hour, I wanted to go into it. We're going to have to talk about the WWE releases that happened this past week. So what else is new, right? I have my program Round up. 10. I have my program up here. But before I even talk about these releases, there's a couple of things that we never did on here because we, we were short on time. But I want to focus on them now because I know a lot of people don't understand that these companies, even though they're companies, they have friends everywhere. You have friends and family that all want to make money. You know, when you're when you're cheering for the death of WWE, you're cheering for somebody who Kenny Omega is friends with, who he might play games with on Twitch. You're cheering for someone who they might hang out with on the weekends that's on the opposite company, which is the reason why it's a bit of a drastic extreme Uh direction to look at things mentally when you go oh i hope that this company because you're not really taking into stock that not only will that affect the people of the company but the people in aew that care for those people that's that's a drag for them you know what i mean like nobody likes to see their buddies not making money and when they're close to the point where they're like a brotherhood and it's like family that'll kill them uh and the reason i bring this up is because i don't know if any of you guys saw it but they were able to capture the exact moment of footage when Adam Cole found out that Tyler Breeze was being released. Have you seen that? 
I've seen this. I've yeah. seen this. If you look at it, Adam's soul looks crushed. It looks like they killed his soul. He was one minute playing Hollow Knight on the stream. The next minute, he looked miserable. And it's because of the fact that like he's close with Tyler Breeze. stream noticed it, too. He didn't want his friend to to lose a job. That sucks. He doesn't want his friend to not make money. And I'm going to bring this Virtual. up. I want you guys to take a look at this. And get this up on the screen here. Virtual. So we'll see. Um. And no, the music's not intentionally sad. That's actually Hollow Knight in the background. Guys, I'm sorry. Um, I am not a Cool Ranch Doritos fan, actually. Like, holy shit. The way that uh, hit him. Michael, thank you for the hundred. You know, that the way that hit him. And it sucks. Because I know we could say budget cuts and all that other stuff. There should be some more respect. It sucks that they kind of find out about this shit on the internet the way we do. They could be playing a game like us and then just something bad appears on their phone like that. You know, sh- that shouldn't be the way it is. Oh, yeah. Like, that is awful, especially when you're starting these things up. You're probably thinking, okay, can't wait to see uh, see Kyle at the next TV. We uh, see uh, Tyler at the next TV tapings, anything like that. And then you're going through this. You're having a good time. Because if anybody who's ever been in Adam Cole's Twitch channel, it's so much fun. And then this happens. I remember I stumbled across, I stumbled across that clip completely on accident one day. That's rough, you know? Yeah, that sucks. And uh, for people who just, there was a rumor going around that he picked uh, that that the internet people just to make a WWE look bad, just picked a random thing. And how do you know that what he was looking at was that? And uh, he talks about it. Uh, the other thing, though, too, and I, I did kind of briefly want to touch on this because I've heard I've never talked about this Ooh. ever. Um, but there was a video that surfaced on Reddit and on YouTube while I'm playing Hollow Knight, and it's me on my phone. Did you ever see this? Uh, where, oh, when where, you allegedly got the text about Breeze not being there anymore, that was supposedly what it was? I do yeah, remember was, seeing that. That was very real. Really? The fans, the fans were correct. They were right. Yeah, yeah that was it. So, because I know some people were like, how do you know if that's what happened? You, uh, you kind of no-sold it. You kind of no-sold it, but... I had to. I yeah. had to. Yeah, 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 I had to. It, wow. it, it was it was not my business to be the one to say that no, that's what happened yeah, yeah. Uh, at all. But um, for people curious, because I know so many people have you know talked about that video, mm. that was very real. That was exactly what happened, and I was very wow. sad and very upset. Yeah. Um, again, not that's that's life, and that's the way that things yeah. happen. But of course, he's he's one of my best friends, and that was a unfortunate situation. Absolutely. Uh, so th- th- I guess what I'm trying to say is that's the type of connection that I have with those f- uh, three guys. Yeah. Is because uh, normally I don't even look at my phone while I'm streaming. Sure. I'm I'm so like in the zone doing my own thing. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, the bond that me and Breeze and Swiss all formed um, through Departy, through Up Up Down Down, mm. is something that. I cherish forever. And and, yeah. and I, I do stand by, I don't think it's the last time that we're ever all going to make content together. Obviously. I, 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 I don't, I, I, I refuse to look at it as goodbye. Look, um, it's the same thing in the video where I said, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. Absolutely. That's, that's how I look at it. Yeah.
So there it is, guys. What are your thoughts on Once again, the marks were wrong. But yeah, I mean, I've been there before where there's been times where I'm in the middle of something and just has so happened. I'm just, just vibing out. And then you get some kind of shit news. And it's sometimes you're in a situation where you can't, where you unfortunately can't sell it. Sometimes you're in a situation where you kind of have to just push through whatever you're doing and then deal later. It sucks to do, but I do like the fact that uh, Cole was straight up just like, it's not my place to say that, like, hey, guys, Breeze just got let go, you know, because then at that point, it's almost along the same lines of when you just when WWE doesn't even tell them, it's like, do you really want to find out from just another person you just so happen to be seeing or do you want to find out from the source itself? But, yeah, I remember watching that the first time. It blows my mind that there's people out there like, oh, how do you know it was that? What do you mean, how do you know? (laughs) Like, this news comes out that Tyler Breeze is released, and then this video comes out. It's not like some conspiracy theory coincidence. And, George, you never knew that he had a channel. Uh, So you don't really even understand how good of a streamer this guy is. It's weird because the character he plays is in contrast to the person. He's the nicest person probably on any roster that you could find. You know, he's like a really, really nice, down-to-earth, very laid-back guy. Probably the nicest person you could ever, ever find. The best streamer on here by far, all wrestling shit aside. Like, Adam Cole's really, like, his his streams, he does everything that a good streamer should do. Man, like, he's really cool. He talks and interacts with the, the, the community. He goes into the game. He's, he talks about the game as he's playing it. Um, he appreciates the music, the sound, the audio, the environment, atmosphere and things. He keeps up with the story. He's explaining to whoever his co-op person is, like with the halos, like about the covenant and the different enemy types and things. It's, it's dope. It's really dope. Like he's one of the best streamers by far. So yeah, oh, knowing the kind of good guy he is and seeing that, it was just kind of like, those are the things that need to be avoided. You know, those soul crushing moments for people like that. I think that sucks. And uh, as Destin said, you know, it sucks that you could be somewhere where you can't really sell it. And that's what happened. Woods, I don't know if you guys realize it, but Woods sold it because they brought back G4. G4 relaunched this past in these past couple weeks. By the way, it was fantastic. We can't talk about that tonight. But Woods fit in the new AOTS and uh, X-Play. Give them a follow. The, the, The station's back. It's on Twitch. It's on YouTube. They simulcast. Um, But they're back. He found out when he was on G4. And I want you guys to see this reaction. At the very end. During G4. And just just like we're told, you can see the moment. Watch Woods there. We don't need this audio. See the way he leans in? He just found out. And the rest of them are like, what is that about? That's the current releases that we're about to go into. Goody, goody gumdrops. I have a, bro, I have like a notebook of release programs now. I'm not even kidding. I have a notebook of release programs now. I have the first one that's undated because I thought that would be the only one I was making. So I didn't bother to this. Just called Release Wave. Then I have Release Wave December 9th. Release Wave uh, November 22nd of the next year. Release Wave November 8th. Release Wave 
August, June, May, May twice, May 24th and 31st, 4th, uh, 31st rather, April 420, June 7th. There's a lot of them here. There's like a lot. Like I said, we're on round 10. And you notice this is only it's only ever happens with WWE. Nobody else has these mass waves of releases. I mean, yeah, ROH had their thing, but ROH is just shutting down for a while. So that's even even that's a completely different story. Yeah. Well, this is like I said, like, this is WWE's had 10 waves of releases and aren't going anywhere. Yeah. This is technically our anniversary episode, even though we didn't book it as one. But the the bulk of what we have here, there's a rhythm to making this show that I've sort of made when it comes to the releases. I've done so many release programs that I put extra care into this one first to get all of the information of what's going on. And there's just so much going on. I don't even know. I'm trying to think of the best way to approach all of this. But I guess we're just going to go face first into this. Let's start with, uh, are we going to list everyone? I don't know if we really need to list everyone or should we... uh. I guess we can. So they released everyone else from Hit, Hit Row, which is Top Dollar, Shante Diodonis, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. They released Tegan Knox. They released Drake Maverick, John Morrison, Jackson Riker, and Shane Thorne, a.k.a. Slapjack. So those are the people that were released. From what we're hearing, they did tell all these guys that it was due to budget cuts. But we're, you're going to hear various things that happened and that are going to happen because the company is focused on recruiting, quote unquote, attractive people of color and ethnicity in this new, I guess, re- relaunch of WWE. They want people of color, ethnicity, uh, you know, they want to be look more all inclusive. So. If you guys recall, we, we ran a video on here with the Los Angeles tryouts over the past summer, and most of them were of color and ethnicity, if that's really the way we want to look at it. So they're going in a completely different direction. Um, we're hearing that this set of releases is just going to be a regular occurrence moving forward. I have no reason to believe it's not going to be because it's been a regular occurrence going backwards. So if I was back there, then going forward in relative time, this whole time would have been nothing but regular occurrences. So I believe that hearing that we can mark that as the truth. I wouldn't even say take it with a grain of salt. This isn't over yet. They're going to release more talent. Yeah. Um, There's just so much to this. Holy crap. I don't know what order I want to feed this information because a lot of it is good shit. Even though like, like George says, I'm excited, but sad. Let's start with, uh, do you want to run through the list of the different people and give our opinions? Yeah, do it like we've done the last nine times. Yeah, and then we'll follow up with more news about them. I'll go into the news as we're doing them, but we're going to start with the, uh, I guess, with the easy people and then work our way to uh, to the, to the to harder the ones. It's like, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. So first up, bringing him up on the Tron is... Slapjack, aka Shane Thorne. I mean, he's been dead since TM61 split up. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't done anything that mattered since then. So I'm like, I'm almost not surprised. I'm surprised he lasted this long after, after freaking Retribution died. Yeah, there wasn't really anything captivating about them. It was surprising that they even took them as the Mighty Don't Neil and made them TM61 from the Indies. But once the other one wanted to go back, it was pretty much a death sentence for him. And then him being this character didn't do him any favors whatsoever. 
So I kind of feel like this was just a case of Nobody trimming the fat. Nobody in retribution had any favors done from him. You may not like it, but this was a case of trimming the fat. I think the problem is that it's unprofessional the way they're doing it. If you're going to let go of all of these guys, have a game plan and do one devastating release. And I know you guys don't want to hear that, but realistically speaking, when companies have to downsize, they'll drop like 80 employees at once. You're really, you know, like leading people on. You're, you're bringing people up to the main roster. You're making people think their futures are secure. You're having people move across country, across town, across cities. You're making them think shit is okay. And then you're releasing them. That's really the problem. Like if they want to cut people off, like, that's You great. might not be playing ahead, but they are. Yeah, like if you want to cut people off, that's great. And I know people will say, you know, well, with a regular job, you get your two weeks notice. Well, you know what? Technically, the 90-day non-compete clause, as much as you don't like it, is a 90-day notice. They're giving you not only notice, but they're paying you the entire time that you're there. You know what I'm saying? So, but the problem is they also didn't want to have 90 or so wrestlers running all over the place. They didn't want to have wrestlers that are uh, all released, an entire federation or two worth of wrestlers all released at the same day. So what's, what do you think in regards to that? Like that slow drip, I think, is more the issue with the releases than the actual. Yeah, like if you're going to do it, do it. Like, because first of all, yeah, it just makes sense. If you're going to just release a bunch of people, just release a, fuck, a fucking bunch of people. Like if your company's competent enough, it's not going to make a difference if you have all these people running around. But on top of that, all you're doing is stressing your people out. Because now you're going to have a locker room full of people who have survived now 10 of these things. They don't know if they're going to make it through number 11. You know what happens when you're stressed out like that? You're not giving 100 fucking percent. Your head's not in the game. That's how shit happens. That's how people get hurt. That's how people lose some of their edge. Like, it's still, and George, it's not even about picking the wrong people. It's like, if you're going to do it, just get rid of everybody. Like a band-aid. But this little like okay, we're like if we're if we're, if we're gonna not this little like pick at the scab, rip the bitch off or don't. I think from an economic standpoint, like, what they're doing is they're trying to get the most out of what's left of their investments before they cut their ninety day losses where they're gonna be paying them anyway. Just because back in the day, before these release waves, when you were gonna release somebody, you'd usually start seeing more of them on TV toward the end. And I always felt that was WWE saying, "Fuck it, we already paid this motherfucker. Let's get back our investment." You know, and then you think about it. Like if you looked at a lot of people, including even JTG, you know, and last time that he was used and he sold the snake, that's crazy selling of the snake that everybody saw this last time they ever used. Them. You know, but a lot of these guys, they'll Still get they'll that. get like a final match or a final thing because they at least want to get something out of it, which you can't blame them because they pay the guys. So I think maybe a lot of these cases, just playing devil's advocate here, might be them trying to just make good on the investment. We're going to have these guys. We're keeping them because we already paid them anyway. Why not? It's almost like if you subscribed to Netflix for for two years and you couldn't get out of the contract with them, all you could do is cancel. You may as well have Netflix for two years or for 90 days or however much. You know, why cancel early if you've already paid for it? Just when it expires, don't renew it. The problem here, though, is that they're sort of prematurely expiring contracts, too. Like, the contracts are sort of just plastic, in a sense, you know? Like, because they could still fire you. Exactly. It's it's like a one-way contract when you really look at it. And And some of these people aren't getting those last matches. Like, where was Shane Thorne's last match? Where was Tegan Knox's last match? That dark match, main event bullshit, nothing out. Like, if you're going to give them a last match, you give them a last match. 
Yeah. But Shane Thorne, I do say that. That's a good one. If you're going to be cutting calls, if we're just talking about the cut, yeah. not the timing, we can already establish the timing sucks. And then they did it on the holidays, even worse. Um, but just all that aside, because we'll get back to that later. Going over to Shane Thorne is a good cut. Should have been done sooner, though. Jackson yeah, Riker. Do it before the retribution channel. Yeah. Jackson Riker. He tweeted out, he said, yes, I was released by WWE last night, but you know what? As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And I believe by looking back on the life and the things that's happened in my life, God has so much more planned. I know that. He he looks like one of those, he's, we serve the Lord dudes, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that to clarify, right. but he looks like he serves the Lord. Like he looks like the real deal. He's really a gunner. Because remember, he was gunner from TNA. Like he really looks like that gunner. That yeah, man, kill gunner. people. There, that man. Remember when James Storm? They were like, James, James Storm. Why do you choose Gunner as your partner? This man has killed people before. I used to love that promo, but yeah, he was a, <laughs> back when he was Gunner instead of uh, Jackson Riker. But uh, yeah, he's a real deal, man. Like he's a religious Gunner. Nothing more scary than that shit. The Lord does have stuff planned for a guy. Is that badass? I remember Gunner grew on me. Man. Remember back in TNA, he was the security Gunner and Murphy. Yeah, and he, then Murphy was, just disappeared into the ether. What, what, what was he? He was immortal security, Gunner and Murphy. Yeah, or, they were more security. You know, and then look at that. Murphy disappeared just like the other Murphy did over here. We had a Murphy and a and a Blake. They all they all, they all share a Murphy in common. But yeah, Gunner and fucking Murphy. You know, he got to team with both with both of them. But yeah, when you really look at this guy, that's really amazing. You know, I remember thinking after a while, this guy's a good worker. Like I started seeing him enough on Impact where I was like, yeah, you know what? I want I want to see him go places and he did but unfortunately that was cut loose good choice or bad choice this one because of how much they could have done versus how much they did bad choice like gunner could have been fantastic they they released the u.s marine during thanksgiving look at that look at that look at that they released him. When was Tribute of the Troops? Was Tribute to the Troops the day they released him? Because I know it was this week. We're not covering it. But when was it? Somebody give me the date. Let me let me look at the last one. Which, funny thing about it is, apparently you heard that one kick Raw's ass in the ratings, too. That was great. But, uh, let me see. Yo, can you imagine if they released him on the day of Tribute to the Troops? It wouldn't put him... It, would, it wouldn't... I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> we don't even know. That's, that's where it's, it's gone. We don't even know where Tribute to the Troops was. I'm looking it up too. Look at how we're just eating podcast time here. November 14th. So no. But that was when they... No, they must have already... That's when it was launched? No, 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 that was um, the day of the most recent one. But that's the day they filmed it or the day it aired? Because it was a canned show. Ooh, yeah, that's right. They're in the can. They're not live like us. That's their tribute to the troops. But either way, whatever. They did it during the season of the tribute to the troops. They did it during Thanksgiving. Gunner. I guess I can go back to calling him Gunner of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, is a is a Gunner. So, Jeez. like, cause like, look at how little he did. He was just the guy who was just standing there with the Forgotten Sons, and then he was Elias, a sidekick. Then he had a mini feud with Elias, and then it was just nothing. It's a broken company, my friend. Oh yeah, completely fucking shattered. Next up, we go with John Morrison, right? Houseway, how? I didn't like what they've been doing with him recently, but. This is an extremely talented. Well, I wouldn't say because I mean his moveset hasn't evolved much, but it was one of those. It was a long time guy who had done some good shit with them. I mean, he'd been with them for a long time, even before he left the first time. You know, Quest said WWE has and more waves came, than a, than a Call of Duty zombie mode. 
But you know what? At least the Call of Duty zombie mode, you're having fun with your friends. At least there's <laughs> objectives. Right. This one's just wave, nothing, wave, nothing. Man. See, like, in this, in this one bothers me just because it's like, they brought him back just to give him a shit deal with, with the Miz. And then he meditated for four weeks and he, then he was fired. Like, what? So I'll say this about just, this one. When uh, I get this one, and I don't think this was salvageable. And the reason why, not for WWE. And the reason I say this is because I don't remember what year it was. But do you remember the year where he was like in the Royal Rumble and he jumped and landed on the barricade and did all this cool shit? Mm-hmm. Was it 2013, 2014, 2012? It was one of those years. One of those early years. He was super over. That's back when he was with Melina, but she went crazy and they had to fire her and ban her from the building. Old, old I laundry. I remember that. But at the time, no one was doing what he was doing. And he was at his peak. It wasn't like now. They didn't have indie style or anything close to it in WWE. And he really stood out. When the thing with Melina happened and he just left and he fell off the grid, he kind of fucked himself because right then is when he would have shined the most. And now he came back at a point where he was no longer the shiniest thing that there was, really. He was no longer the shiniest jewel in the treasure chest, really. This is what wound up happening. He, uh, there's tons of guys who can do the athletic stuff that at the time that he was over, he was the only one doing. And it's not exactly like uh, he's really had anything interesting. The most interesting thing about him, as much as he tries to be a personality guy and the sunglasses and the bullshit, it's really about the athleticism. All of that stuff has never really worked that great. Nobody really likes to talk about it, but the gimmick has never worked great for him. It's been the work. The work's what's kept this guy relevant. No one ever thinks about his slow motion shit that WWE gave more his glasses or the fact that he changes his last name every every federation. It's the work. And the work in WWE for their style, it just doesn't really benefit. And then when I when I factor in what they gave him, I didn't like what they gave him either. So I think that for what they were doing and for what he was offering, it was a wash. They shouldn't have rehired him is my bigger problem. I don't think that he needed to be back in WWE. I think that was a bad call. Because at the end of the day, the writing was on the wall when he left. I remember thinking to myself, like he left before they had seen any of the, like before there was a Cruiserweight Classic or Mustafa Ali or Ricochet, before we had a Johnny Gargano, you know what I mean? Before there was an AEW, before you could see Chuck Taylor every week. Like he left when it was like he was rare because he was one of the people who was getting his shit in when, back when they weren't letting a lot of people do that. Now he's just another guy getting his shit in. You he know what I mean? doing things that everybody else couldn't do. Now he's doing the stuff everybody else warms up with. Yeah, and I and I, and I like him because again he's and, an and, innovator. And, and, and George, you say he was in Lucha Underground and Impact, yeah, and both times he was doing the same moves. He added like two in Lucha Underground, and they just changed the name of one of them. Like, and at the time, all that did for him in those federations was make him blend in. It didn't really make him stand out like above all the other people that were there. But at the time in WWE, what it did do for him was it stood out here. That's where he needed to be because at the time he was the only one here with that. Now it's like there's tons of people and it's nothing against him. He's a good worker. He worked wrestled great. I've seen him live in the indies. Hell, I'm, I'm the one who, if you look at the old talk, remember, I put one of his botches up there. Where he did a springboard off of somebody's back, almost like a poetry motion, landed on his ass. You know, like I've seen the guy live. Not to try to bear him with that, but you know, he's a good worker. But at the end of the day, nothing that he was doing when you look at the indie scope of things is different enough 
for the WWE spot style, again, I'm emphasizing that there's a reason to keep him around. He's not quite a cruiserweight and he's not quite a heavyweight. They're not going to put the world title on him. They're not going to have him jumping around with Ricochet and the other guys either. Or whoever the hell is on 205 now. That being said, they didn't need to hire him. It was misleading. And the way that they did use him was very uncreative. The drip stick shit was awful. I literally never looked directly at the screen like if it was the sun and an eclipse was happening. And I mean this. This is a shoot, not a fucking work. And it wasn't like I did it like rebelliously. Like whenever that comes out, I'm not going to look. It just became a thing. Whenever. It's like if you smell a fart. You would just turn around, walk away, cover your nose, whatever. Whenever they were on screen, I always had something better to look at. Because keep in mind, it's Monday. I'm putting together this show. Whenever they were on, I looked at them like a commercial. I never looked at them when they were doing the drip stuff. I swear to you guys. I swear on this show. I never looked at them when they were dripping people. I never looked at the thing that they sprayed. I never caught live when that shit would go off in people's faces. Sometimes when they came back for commercial and they would have the need to show the audience for some reason in case this is relevant character fucking development, they when we went before the break and they would show I'd sometimes catch it in those little re rehashes, but I never actually was attentive to them and their bullshit. Because I think it was one of the most stupid angles I've ever seen. They were the worst part of every show they were on all the time. And I'm someone who likes to mess. And I thought Morrison was a good worker. And I just never looked at it. I heard it, though. You know, so it's not like I don't think I'm oblivious to what was going on. Please don't DM me to recap me. I can hear them. And I've watched enough wrestling to know what they were doing. But I every time they were on screen, I never looked at the stupid drip thing. I would just listen to the promo of whatever it was. They weren't even Wayne and Garth. They were not Bill and Ted. They weren't even fucking Beavis and Butthead. With the way that they were portraying these guys. They were barely... Not even they were, close to Ren and Stimpy. No. You took the word. You took my next one. I was going to Ren and Stimpy next shit. I don't have one <laughs> after that. I don't have one after that. You went too far. But those kind of things. They weren't even any of those. You know, not one. Awful. So, yeah. I'm, I agree with this release because, number one... And I'm not going to judge. We don't know the whole story. But that Melina shit messed him up, man. I uh, My memory is a little foggy back then. But I feel like she got released and the tension there... Something happened. I don't remember the details. But he was like right behind her where like he asked for his release to leave with her, if I recall. And I remember thinking, big mistake, Johnny, because they're pushing you. And one thing that we've always heard that Vin says is uh, when you ask for your release, he'll always tell people, you know, I, I, I may not be able to take you back. That's always been his attitude before we answer your release. His purpose to tell people, you know, I'm not I'm, I might not be able to take you back. Put him on a singles run. Sure. But if you're cutting costs again, we're talking about if you're cutting costs and you got to get rid of guys. And you already have a lot of guys that do athletic stuff and uh, that are younger, which is what you're going for. And this guy no longer is like the bright new guy that he was when you first were really pushing him for stuff. I mean, we're acting like this motherfucker hasn't had a run before. Wasn't he tag team champions with with uh, the other dude? Yeah, Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury, yeah. We've seen his single runs before. The during the used to come up posing and dancing back before. when, back when Mercury had hair. Yeah. <laughs> Before he became Rollins' little, when he became like a little bodyguard of Rollins for a while. He bumped more during that than when he was with an Eminem with this guy. But think about how long that run was with the two women, with with Melina, with her doing that split thing. They were doing that shit forever. He got got tons of put. Then he had a singles run that, that, you know, he was that Kofi guy in the Rumble. Just before he asked for his release, he would do the Kofi stuff. Kofi sort of took his spot in that. And see, the thing about it is, I've seen more of some single runs. Not that interesting. Not worth keeping around. When there's way more interesting guys with way more interesting single runs. 
So I'm going to agree with this one. And consider, and 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 and, and this is especially coming from me. After that Miz and Dripstick stuff, like no, they burned me forever. There was nothing salvageable for him. Like there was nothing I was even willing to give a chance to. Like, but at least book it better. Couldn't they have decided this right after the Miz kicked his ass, and then that's the last we see of him? That gives Miz more heat. Or just not do it and not make us suffer through it and get Miz heat. See, both those solutions involve this, this John Morrison shit just not mean nothing anymore. Like, nothing's going to be... He's one of those releases where nothing's going to be different now that he's gone. They probably didn't want to look bad. They, they don't know what they're doing. No, they don't know They don't know what it's like to look bad because they think everything they do is right and perfect. They think we're crazy for giving them shit. It's unbelievable. T-Bar or whatever his name is, Crowbar. That whole thing worked out so good for everybody, huh? Don't you ever disrespect Crowbar like that? He was friends with Daphne. But in a good piece of news, Taya Valkyrie is going to be debuting somewhere globally. You get the point. We don't need the audio for it. It said Zicky's Dice Outlandish Paradise. She tweeted out, yo, fuck them. Stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent. You love pro wrestling. Spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Ethically, as employers, they don't care about us, talent or fans. I said what I said. Agree or disagree. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming and rebuild and rebuilding our empire. And I remember somebody responded negatively to that. She said, I have the right to say what I say. They fired, they fired a couple during the holidays, and I have a right to feel how I feel. And she's right. See, once again, Mark's just blindly defending them. She spoke the truth. They don't care about any of you, and that's fans or the wrestlers. They fired motherfuckers at the heart of a pandemic when people didn't know if they were going to be able to find places to work. Like, I love that she said that because, like, we've needed more people to just outright say, like, need. Because like, I think when she first got released, they, she straight up told her, like, they lied to her. Didn't say about what, but they lied to her. Like, can we kill this thing of fans just thinking people are bitter and start actually wondering if they're actually telling the truth? Because it seems with WWE, nine times out of eight, they're telling the fucking truth. Or ten. You know? Like, I'm surprised you know what? I, 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 meant to go, I, meant, I meant to go one higher, and I was like, fuck, I went to nine. Okay, knock it down to eight. You pulled, you pulled, a, yo, you pulled a, was it Jake? You want to play 21? Well, I've got 22. You want to play yes. Blackjack? <laughs> you want to play Blackjack? I well, I got, well, I got that too. It's like, well, 22 means you lost, though, doesn't it? I don't even play cards, but if you want to play 21 and you got 22, you lost. Oh, my God. Still, still this day, that's my favorite part of um, his first appearance in AEW was the fact that he brought you, that he resurrected that old promo. What about Kevin Nash? This is where the big boys play? Adjective. Play. Whoops. There you go, George. Steiner math. Steiner math. Yeah, we might talk about Steiner math tonight if there's time. But yeah, Tyra was pissed off. She turned. She went from being quiet and humble about it to Rebby Hardy 2.0. She was Rebby with more reason. Oh, I don't know. She basically said, yo, fuck them. You know, there was she, reason. I get fired on the holidays. I'd be pissed too. All right, let's move on. I'm actually doing this randomly. If that hasn't become quite obvious, we got Tegan Knox, right? Team Kick. The shiniest wizard. Yeah, that's right. She's the shiniest wizard. Yeah, you Team Kick, you're going to have to go to Kai. Yeah, thank God they didn't get rid of her. I think she's safe. I don't want to jinx her. But I'd like to think that, that Kai's safe, wouldn't you? I, I don't think anybody in that company's safe. No one's safe. Anyway. Look at the people they've they released in the 10 rounds. Nobody's safe. 
So what do you think of Tegan Knox's release? George said, I understand her. She gets hurt too much. Her leg and knee is effed up. Yeah, her, her, her knee is not her best friend whatsoever. But the aspect of it I disagree with. What was the point of bringing her up and putting her in a tag team with Shazi? It's once to again get, that thing of them doing stuff just to do it with no rhyme or reason. To get their money's worth. What money did they get? She is injury prone. They had them beat. Because yeah. she was on a podcast. She's and she, she's, that, that, that knee's what gone on her three times, I think. Dude. <laughs> I wish I had time to listen to this podcast. I have the transcript here, though. Well, she did this podcast and she's like, I don't really get hurt on the indies. Like I snapped my collarbone once and the odd finger break or nose break, which, you know, comes with the part and parcel. But within the second week of WWE, I tore my right ACL. Like as soon as getting there, we were getting ready for the first Mae Young and then it just tore in the middle of the glass. So before, before she even got here, she's like, I don't really get hurt. I snapped my collarbone. Snapping your collarbone is definitely getting hurt definitely zetai zetai nimas it's like death like like what does she think so she said i tore my right acl like as soon as getting there there was no crazy thing that i did me and dakota kai locked up my knee just went just exploded we locked up and twisted and my right foot stayed pointing forward and my body turned left and went no and it just popped out lucky that was just the acl and it took 10 months to come back from that the second one was during the second may young I did a dive to Rhea Ripley, which I've done a hundred times. The ramp was 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 really long, and at the time I overshot it. My left toe was on the ramp, but my heel was on the squishy floor, so my knee just went to the side, popped out of the socket, and popped back as I hit the floor. I tore my ACL, MCL, both meniscus, and I broke my tibia as well. I came back a year later. I wrestled Dakota in a street fight in a cage match. Did war games the entire storyline with Dakota. We didn't know I didn't have. We didn't know I didn't have an ACL again. At some point during rehab process, it just popped out, popped out of the hole and got mangled up, and we had no idea. It was really surreal. It just wouldn't bend. I was like, it's almost two years, and it's still not bending. He was like, let's get an MRI today. And he's like, yeah, you've had a torn ACL for like two years. So she tore it again and didn't even know after that. Like, that's injury prone. And they know this, but he had brought her up with a tag team. But we've seen that people be injury prone, and they do nothing with them. So it's like, what's their logic? I mean, she needs to do something with herself. You know, what sucks is that she didn't use her time here to do anything except be uh, the chick with the shiniest wizard. And when your wizard stops they, shining... They didn't do shit with her. But I'm just saying, you gotta have a personality, man. And I'm not saying that's always gonna help. But I'm just saying that if I'm gonna talk about releasing someone, it's the girl with the shiniest wizard that has no fucking legs. You have to use the shining wizard with your feet. She has no... The whole part, every part of her leg that tore apart are all key components to the shining wizard and she's supposed to be the girl with the shiniest one i hate to say it and i hate to sound harsh about it but that wizard's not looking so fucking shiny it's a little dull dull as their booking sense at this point yeah but i kind of get it with her i like her and everything but you know if you were the girl with the shiniest wizard that's like being the guy with the best jump shot with no arms in the fucking nba well he was good when he had arms you know he can do he can hit a three-pointer but his arms randomly fall out of the fucking sockets and he stands around like Rayman. You know, like, at some point, you got to cut loss. This is a loss. Statlander is good. Yeah, she's okay. I don't, I don't mind her. I didn't mind her, though. I just think this was a smart cut here. So, so far, so good. You know, but she's broken her collarbone. She's broken her nose. The odd finger here and there she's talked about. An occasional leg. You know, like, holy shit. Remember we talked about that movie, Death Becomes Her, the other day? 
<laughs> there's a point, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but spoiler, there's a point where they fucking just fall. It's like, fuck it, they just uh-huh. shatter. It's just like, Psh. <laughs> <laughs> but they're immortal, so the heads just roll up to each other. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Let's see Paige pull that version of the outfit off. <laughs> oh God, what are we talking about? I gotta stop. You act this like she cool. won't. This isn't cool. I don't want to talk about it as a joke. I'm trying to make light of it, but I'm the, the injury, not the release. I wish they would have done more with her, but I can understand. So, Drake Maverick. What was the point in even bringing him back? Didn't think past Pop. The first time they released him, he cried on camera and they kept him. They, he cried. They brought him back just to do the same shit. Did you see what Drake Maverick posted? I didn't even see it this time. Oh, well, let's have a look. While we're talking about the same shit, is this the same shit? We're going to have to ask ourselves oh, that God. question. So I was just just got off the phone with uh, WWE. Can't pull this one again. Get up. You're gonna be fine. I mean, everything they ever gave you, you turned into a moment, right? If they wanted you to be a manager, you made it work. If they wanted you to run around 24-7, you made it work. (laughs) They even tried to get rid of you. You made that work too. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. You're a success. You've always been a success. And you're going to carry on being a success. You did everything you said you were going to do in life. You're a success. Look at me. Look at me. Hey. I know we've been here before. We don't belong here anymore. What was our dream? Come on, what was our dream? It wasn't to be a WWE superstar, was it? It was to be a professional wrestler. You can't be fired from wrestling, pal. Somebody's gonna book you. Even an idiot like you. But what I'm asking you to do is get up. Because if you don't get up, this whole journey, this whole dream, it's gonna die. It's gonna end. And we got so much more that we need to accomplish in this journey. It's gonna keep going. But we're not gonna accomplish nothing if you don't get up. Come on, get up. What, you're just gonna let this dream die? Get up. We're going to accomplish everything. Get up! Get up! Very nice. Thank you. 
very interesting ending there. Very cool. Quest said Dixie called him. <laughs> I mean, you know what the sad part about it is? At least Dixie wouldn't fire him for no reason. I really like that. It was almost like Rockstar Spud was speaking to Drake Maverick, right? Yeah. Like, that was cool. Like, you could sit here and be the GM or the manager, or you could go be that guy who was X Division champion twice. I think I'll pick the X Division guy. That's one thing. As sad as these releases are, these guys tend to have a burst of creativity that they've been holding in, suppressing for years when they first get released. You notice that? Oh, yeah. Because when you actually get to do your own shit and not shit that's just designed to make Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn laugh, it's amazing the level of creativity you have. Mm hmm. And, and George, I, I, all these people don't need to go to Impact. Impact need to learn how to keep their own people because apparently Big Cass is gone. Or W. Morrissey, or whatever the fuck they decide to call him. But I do hope wherever he goes, he gets to be as successful and as good as anybody who's watched him knows he can be. You know what I know about that guy? That guy is smart. Because you oh, see yeah. how, how well produced that video was? That was that looked like a movie trailer. When I scrolled past the releases, because this was not when I was working and putting a show together. I just scrolled across it on my phone. That response was one of the first things that I saw. You know what that tells me? That he already had that prepared. He was ready. He wasn't like the first time when he made a crying video, which is how he started. I think the beginning, like that whole thing was designed because he saw the writing on the wall. You know, he saw through the facade and the bullshit. He was like, I'm probably out of here. But who called him at the end? I like that he ended it that way. But that was really well done, man. You know, it's gonna. Oh, sure. I think this is a good time for wrestling. You know, wrestling, not sports entertainment. Wrestling. All right. Well, that brings us. To, uh, I guess, the main act here, Hit Row. They released the rest Moral of, of the Hit story, Row. ladies and gentlemen, be careful of what you tweet. Because if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> they got rid of the release, whole... Released, released. This is after we were all worried about Hit Row, and we and Destin especially, when everyone else thought things might And then might Top Dollar will hop up talking about, oh, ain't nothing going to happen to us. He really did say that because they can promo and the other people couldn't. I mean, those tweets didn't age well. I don't want to get on him for the tweet. The entire internet has really been brutal to this guy. Like, nothing against Hit Row, but they let go of people like Ric Flair just out of the blue. You think that shit can't happen to you? I'm telling you now. Holy shit. I said this off the air and I wasn't even going to bring this on the air with me. I really liked Hero. That being said, they were new. I'll get over it. And now, thankfully, all four of them will be able to go somewhere else. And they'll be able to perform. Because as we know, they already got rid of Brianna, a.k.a. B-Fab. So, now getting rid of the other ones with proper timing. You know, they got rid of the other three guys. If anything like this was to ever happen with the New Day, I'm not, I would be done with WWE for quite a while, if not forever. As a New Day day One guy, when they did the original video packages, like if they ever did some shit like that, not saying they would, but to me, that would be the line. It would be like, all right, you guys fucked up New Day. I, I think I'm good. I don't need to see your product anymore. I don't put it past them anymore. Well, don't put it past me to be done. I'm serious. Like if something goes wrong with that, with like any of the New Day members, and I'm making it as a three for one. So it's higher odds. But if anything goes wrong with that, they could go fuck off. Like if something goes wrong, I will like, consciously for me, just not cover them. For, for me, it's one of them. If one of them gone, they could eat a dick and die. Well, that's what I said. That's what I mean by it's a three for one. With and a lot of people are going to say, oh, they wouldn't release the, Uday, the New Day like that. Here's the reality. Look at all the people they've released in 10 rounds. They will release anybody on that roster. 
Yeah, no, I would be done, man. I really like those guys. They were great. <laughs> I mean, the upside, the one of the upsides right away, though, is apparently Swerve is getting offers apparently from everywhere, but that's not surprising because he had, he had a following when he first came here. Yeah, he used to be Isaiah Swerve Strickland, right? Yeah, he was he was he was Swerve Strickland on the Indies. He was um, Kill Shot and Lucha Underground. Shane Strickland. Keep it in there. But um then he was a uh, kill shot in Lucha Underground. The guy has a massive following, so it's no shock at all that he already has people who want to get a hold of him. The other dude to the right, what's his name again? Ashante the Adonis? Yeah. He was supposed to be Leo Rush. Did you hear about that? I heard something about that. They wanted Leo Rush and instead they put they they got him. Kind of like the way in the original Shield CM Punk was supposed to be leader. And instead of Roman Reigns, it was going to be uh, Ambrose Rollins and Chris Hero. Cassius Ono. Yeah. There's one of those things. We're like, uh, yeah, that was the overall plan. So maybe they could have Leo Rush in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big guy is on the show on A&E. You're right. Top dollar you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we knew that when they first got when um Hit Row first warmed up. Yeah, which Top Dollar released a track about getting released. Did you hear this? Oh, another track. I haven't heard it. Oh, well, eyes on the screen then. This one's called Thank You 89 Days because he made this the day after the release. Frank, thank you, thank you for all the love. Frankie, baby, all the appreciation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. All the kind words in regard. Hold your applause. This is your song, not mine. It's for you. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What? Not everybody lives, but everybody dies. True. Don't let me catch you with no tears inside your eyes. Nah. My feeling inside uh. is the feel will subside uh. when you know you're living right. They gave me 90 days pay and I'm going to take that. True. And I'm still taking over the game. No take backs. Nah. So since we're going to stay facts, I'm going way, 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 way back like an A-track. <laughs> Hold on. From the day that I signed, the company line was just grinding. Due time, you'll get your shine. But now I gotta shine somewhere else. And that's their problem. Making money ain't nothing but math, and I'ma solve it. Play Russian roulette with a fully loaded revolver, and you still have a better shot than me not evolving. In 90 days, I'm everywhere. Tell your favorite promotion that you want me there. I'm trying to take my talents all across the land and over to Japan just because I know I can. And if you're AEW, ROH, Impact, New Japan, NWA, PWG, MLW, DDT, All Japan, AAA, and you see me as somebody you trying to get on the dotted line. 89 days from now, I can sign. 89 days. So take that time to check my background. I had my title belt on Fox before SmackDown. And that's a fact, homeboy. What you waiting for? I made hit row. I ain't scared to go and make some more. Piney City represents every day for sure i'm from warfield court i ain't scared of war never that i mean let's talk facts let's talk facts shall we before i got there i had my title belt scw shout out mike Busey on national tv espn all facts fox all facts fs1 all facts nfl network all facts you can check the tape check it i mean i'm hosting tv shows before i got there You know what they say, one man's release is another man's big piece. You feel what I'm talking about? Hey, Frankie, baby, Frank. Well, he he got his piece in there. Yeah. See you in 90 days. That's what he basically says. Look, I can rhyme too. I'm kidding. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know why did I do that. Like, want to bury myself? Right. <laughs> There's the young demographic. 18 to 49 is not here right now. They're gonna send us straight to voicemail. Yeah, no. So, hero, your thoughts on them? They were fantastic. I don't know who in their right mind lets that group go. Like, I can't trust any decision making you ever make if you have hit row and it's like, nah, I don't want him anymore. Like what? Like we we talked before about just them losing BFAB on itself basically destroyed a good portion of the aura they had. And whether that be the music or their presence. I mean, we, we, we did the post show when they did that North America, um when they did that championship cipher after Swerve won the title, which I love how they gave Swerve the most underwhelming North American championship run. I kind of do feel, though, like Top Dollar shot them in the foot, though, because when they came up, everybody was justifiably worried, and he goes, oh, nothing going to happen to us. We got this. We got that. And it's like, you know, have you not been here? We've seen things happen to people who have more. So I feel yeah. like he did that, and WWE's like, oh, so you think that? Watch this. We're going to pick this apart piece by piece by piece. And yeah. it started happening even before they fully left NXT. And that might be, they, you so know, they like, like when you're new and you're cocky like that, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel, I honestly feel like if he, if they, if Hit Row would have got called up and it would have just been like, okay, now you go see what we're really capable of or something like that, it'd have been fine. But don't talk like you're bulletproof when nobody in this company is bulletproof anymore. Because like The Rock said, you Especially know, not um, the eyes open. Just got I, called up. Like The Rock said, eyes open. Ears open, mouth shut. That's how rooks should be. Yeah, because literally, like, 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 I'm, I'm gonna quickly run through this timeline of shit ever since that tweet. Swerve has his one championship defense. He beats he beats um Escobar, and then loses to Carmelo Hayes, and then they come up on a cash in. Don't forget the only thing they on a cash in. Wait, what? He loses to right, him on a cash on a cash in. <laughs> And then they come up, BFAB gets let go, and the only thing Hit Row did was a joke bit with Sami Zayn that didn't need to be there. Like, every step of the way, it got worse and worse and worse. And wait, you hear? And then, I'm not, and then I even completely forget to mention the fact that they took BFAB pieces, parts out of their music, which killed the song for me. Wait, do you hear about what happened when they did that part with Sami Zayn? There was an incident there, too. Oh, goody, goody. And, and and where do you hear about the whole story with them taking her out of the music? There was an incident with that, too. I came with a loaded gun, my friend. <laughs> you have no idea the stuff that's going blocker, on. With this. Blocker, With this. This is one of those rabbit hole things. But before we even get into all of that, Thursday, this is, this is Top Dollar, and this is his tweets. Thursday, when they got cut, Apparently, let's see here. No, this is his tweets here. We just let me see anything specific. Yeah, this is him talking about how they went to WWE headquarters, met everybody, and talked to everybody. Talked about how they were gonna get action figures. Talked about how they were gonna um, be a big deal, and they were gonna be in the 2K22 video game. And then everything just got pulled out from underneath them. So that was one of the things that happened in regards to that. Uh, Swerve tweeted out, and he said. Prepare for whatever is ahead of me, making sure. And let me get his image up here on the image screen first, because there was a tweet that went with this. Okay, there we go. Oops. Yeah. 
prepare for whatever is ahead of me, making sure my hard work receives its crediting. My life's a movie scene, and we we just editing. Hoping Act 3 moves us on to better things. Walk in the building, wreak havoc, receive my publishing. So tell me how much a G you are without telling me. So that's what Swerve says. Um, what else do we have here from these guys? There's a lot. Bear with me. We're live, folks. Just making sure we get everything on. Uh, There's a whole lot of madness here. Yeah, so we were also told that they were having issues with them. You know, that apparently they were difficult to work with. We talked about that a little bit last week. I don't want to bring it up here. What we said difficult to work with nowadays is speaking up for yourself. Top Dollar also tweeted, we made something special. And now we get we get to, again, hashtag the crew. And he tags Swerve, the Adonis, and uh, BFAP. My third album drops 12-3 on all streaming platforms. And that's where he put the 90-day track. Now, when he was on Busted Open Radio, they were they were all on Busted Open Radio. They talked about a lot of the things that you touched on, Destin. They talked about the music and having her no longer in the track, how it didn't feel right. They talked about how having her removed from the group hurt them. They talked about the one thing they did to Sami Zayn and even how that went bad. So uh, I'm going to link you guys to this. This is the Busted Open Radio full podcast i highly recommend you listen to it i did what i can to take some excerpts from them and combine them into something here so that you guys could just hear somewhat of the shit that went down like the bullet points of what's really important this was not easy so appreciate it damn it how did the uh how did the release happen and and i mean i i I mean we're talking right now it sounds like you were pretty surprised thursday morning uh was a little weird because like we were booked you know uh for smackdown survivor series and raw and then and then we were like unbooked and then they booked us again and then we were unbooked so i'm like okay you know it's you know it's just what goes on you know uh in wwe there's a lot of things to, to figure out and stuff so so i was just like oh okay you know uh maybe maybe, maybe they'll have something for us and we'll file saturday or something like that but i was my mom was watching thursday night football and uh i got i missed the call from um uh john laronitis and i called him back and uh I, um, uh, he just told me, you know, Hey, you know, budget cuts and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, thank you. You know, um, it is what it is. (laughs) When we got taken off of this weekend, I I knew then that we were about to get released, even though like I didn't like contact anybody or tell anybody because that's the same thing that happened to Brianna. When Brianna got released, um, we were all booked to do a, a Black Friday commercial together, which we end up shooting without her, which obviously they're not going to be able to use this Friday anymore. But um, like we were all booked to do the commercial together and then she got unbooked and I, we didn't know, understand why. And, um, you know, then found out that she was released. So once we were booked for Friday and we weren't booked for, you know, Survivor Series or Raw yet. So then they unbooked us Thursday morning for SmackDown, but then said we're still needed for Survivor Series and Raw. And then they were like, oh, actually, you don't. We don't need you for Survivor Series and Raw either. And then as soon as I saw that, I knew the writing was on the wall. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, man, because I feel like we showed that we had a lot to offer. And not to mention the fact that, like, I, I never even got a chance to show what I could do in the ring. I mean, I did. I was doing – that was my biggest downfall, I think, from – my time in WWE is that like I spent the first year and a half with people pretending that I didn't know how to work because they didn't give me a chance to. Um, they got mad that <clears throat> when Brianna got released that I called 
up to the office and was like, I don't understand why you would release Brianna. She was like, we were a foursome group. Like you take Brianna out of the group and yeah, we're still cool. And yeah, we can still do all the same things, but we're just every three man wrestling group. You know what I'm saying? It's not the the same. It's not the same. Some of that uniqueness is gone. And, and like they got, they were upset because when they took Brianna out of the group, they wanted to redo, they wanted to redo the song. So they did like a remix of the song, but the song don't sound the same without her part of it. So what we did was we went in the we went in the studio and made a new song. And I guess they were upset that we made a new song, but we're a rap group. So it's like how how are we a rap group if we can't make a song? Like then we're just wrestlers. People want to bring up the fact about the song that I released for Jinder and Shanky on Twitter that people got mad about. But Jinder Mahal himself not only loved the song, but said, and I have the proof of it, but said that I said nothing wrong in the song. This is Jinder saying this. The whole point of it was the fact that we were in a feud together and we were trying to get more juice in the feud. Like, yeah. me and Jinder are cool. Like, that was the whole point of it. We, When people are like, oh, the, the beat he used was insensitive. The beat that I used is called Beware by Punjabi MC, which is the most famous Indian sample in the history of hip hop. And when I picked the beat, Jinder Mahal was sitting right next to me in the locker room when we formulated the plan to do this. So it's like hmm. for, for people to be upset with me and think that that's a reason why we got fired is ridiculous because even Jinder himself went and talked to them and was like, no, nah, it's not like that. Like we planned this out together. Perfect. Uh, when we was on SmackDown, we did the, the segment with Sammy. Like, yep. we were rehearsing the segment, and the, the the audio was really loud in the arena. So I politely asked, and Tariq was there, and anyone that was there was asked, I politely asked, do you think that we could turn down the the, the, the audio in the arena a little bit, you know, just so that um, uh, the people in the arena, because uh, it was they were playing music, it was like, so the people in the arena can hear what we're saying so we can get a reaction from them. And I don't know what was said, but something was said about me over the headset that was so disrespectful that three different producers who heard it on the headset came up to me and apologized to me afterwards, even though I didn't even hear what was said. So clearly something was said very wild and disrespectfully because they felt the need to apologize to me for something I didn't even know. So like, but if I would have said, if I would have heard it and said anything back, then I'm disgruntled and I'm aggressive and I'm the angry black man like so it's like you know it's unfortunate the way that things shape out but at the end of the day I'm not telling nobody to never watch WWE again I'm gonna watch WWE I'm not sitting there pretending that I'm not I watch everything (laughs) but it's like yeah well I feel you on that but 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 also that's not the end-all be-all that's not where we have to be to be successful we are more than capable of going anywhere in this world and making the same impact so, as you can see, there's a lot of information there to take. There is uh, the entire thing about something was said on the headset when he asked them to turn down the thing. I'm assuming they dropped some sort of a bomb that they thought might have escaped that he would have heard that it escaped into their ears. Uh, again, well, thank you, George. That was a whole bunch of stuff. That was literally excerpts that was spread across about an hour of a podcast or so. I just pulled what I thought would be 
relevant things that he said. The other thing being uh, that they didn't like that he went to the office to, to try to fight for BFAB's job and essentially make sure that uh, he explained that they were a four-man group and that they take out the uniqueness. And they didn't like that he did that. They didn't like the fact that they took her out of the song and he felt that it didn't it wasn't the same, which we said on here. So he went and he created a new song, I guess, to try to rebrand it with just the three of them. And I guess they took offense to that. The fact, even though he says that the gender thing is not a reason he got released, he should say the gender thing shouldn't be a reason he got released because he said that gender even went and talked to them and was like, it's not like that, which means that they had an assumption that it was like that for him to have to even go talk to anyone to say that something was like something. So to me, that's another red flag that they had an issue with that, regardless of whether or not gender was in on it or not. And in hindsight, retroactively, gender probably had to go speak to them about it, but the the, the deal was already done. So we can't really say for certain if uh, that paid part into it we can just say that between the two of them they were all right with it so there's a lot of things that came into play here also there's the fact that uh they were saying how they were booked for smackdown booked for survivor series then unbooked then put back for survivor series then released and that he knew because that's what happened with brianna it goes to show that this company really doesn't know from one moment to the next what they're doing the fact that they're calling people they were hearing firsthand recollections from people firsthand uh stories from people essentially where well we were booked then we weren't we were booked then we weren't they really have no idea what they're doing right now this is just a complete panic mode as far as releasing people and cutting people loose and i feel like here is they're unfortunately caught in something bigger that has nothing to do with them we don't know something's happening here we don't have all the pieces but they're caught in in the crossfire of something and it's being mishandled across the board. And I don't think that it's personal. I think that it's reckless. And the fact that they're being called back and forth like that, it just goes to show that the company is in a bit of disarray, you know? And yeah, that, that a bit. to me, yeah, I got on here a little bit late and a lot of it was because of uh, Top Dollar, to be honest. I don't want to blame, I'm not blaming a guy, but it's content, whatever. But I had to really look at the Top Dollar stuff. Since he's the most vocal, it's not like he's more, I'm going to say he's more important than the other people that got released, but he seems to be someone who's unhinged as far as speaking his mind and what happened. So I really wanted to give extra attention to Top Dollar in this segment because I knew he was going to tell us things and that his words would be very telling and that the rest of Hit Row's words would be telling in a seamed company and the issues that they're having, the disorganization, the fact that they can get called multiple times. You know how anxiety-inducing? Because keep in mind, with the amount of releases going on, that means that happens to other people too. They get called, booked, unbooked, put on, put off, and then released. What happened was they spend too much money, I think. I think that as a company that's supposed to make turn in a profit, and they, they remember, they're, they're a... They're basically a publicly traded company. It's not like during the Attitude Era where it was private and this is Vince's house and Vince can do whatever the hell he wants. That's the beauty of when it was a private company. It's just like you have, this is your shit. You could do it. Once he made it a stock thing, once it became a publicly traded company, he has investors, he has sponsors. There's a lot of other people that they need to answer to here. This is a different ball game. They're trying to be the wrestling company that they were in the 90s while because they made themselves a publicly traded company, have obligations to fulfill financially and they have people working two sides with two different causes they have the creative side that's there to bring out the best product possible but now because of the fact that they're publicly traded and they're going through this transition they have that corporate side that's there to make sure that when the investors calls comes and when the quarterly earning meetings are are put together that they can show a reason why these people need to continue to invest and to continue to raise that stock i'm not justifying i'm just explaining the logic 
of what's happening here. When you're a Vince McMahon in the 90s, you can do something like go, you know what? These guys just got married. These kids just got married. It's Thanksgiving. Get them a turkey. We're not going to cut anybody off. It's the holidays. Bah humbug. We're not going to do that. Bring everybody over for Thanksgiving. When you're Vince in the 90s and WWE is a private company, you don't even have to reveal what money you're making or any of the profit or anything. No one's going to question you. That's why you're private. You could do whatever you want. You could pay somebody. I've heard stories from people here of their contracts being one thing, but Vince McMahon will give them like out-of-pocket cash. You know what I mean? Like he'd give them a little envelope. If they do good at a pay-per-view, there was no contract. You come back to his office and he'd have like an envelope for you. Not just Vince, but bookers at this time were known to do this. It was like a thing in the business where like you did good enough for them that the house made more and at the end they're going to bring you into the office and close the door and they're going to give you something out of a fucking envelope. That's how this kind of business used to be done. They went from adapting from that to this big corporate show. You got this guy, Nick Khan, and all these corporate suits that are running things and board meetings and quarterly earnings. And it's just the, these things don't mix well together, you know? So it's like th- this is a very unfortunate turn of events. But I, I understand what's happening to some extent. I'm no expert here. But yeah, unfortunately, you have people who are in the middle. And I'm not even going to just say just the superstars or the wrestlers. I'm going to say the writers, creative, WWE as a whole, the bookers, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, anyone that's trying to just put out a fucking wrestling show, you know, like anyone that just wants to release a wrestling product again. Those are the fucking people that are having issues right now because they don't really. And you can tell by the way they're booking that they don't know. We've talked about this on here before. So it's very unfortunate the way that this has turned out. And it doesn't make it any less wrong. They needed to be more organized about the way that they did this. They want to do corporate decisions, but they're not handling themselves professionally. It's very unprofessional to anyone who's looking at this from a corporate level, which is funny because this whole thing is to maintain and save face as a corporation. But it doesn't because people that are the corporations or people who are investors who are not looking at the wrestling side of things, who are just looking at this, they're seeing waves of releases which by default usually cause there to be drops in stock. So, yeah, I know. I know. See, it's, it, it's stuff like this that makes me not give a shit how good the Raw or the SmackDown or the Survivor Series is because I don't know if anybody who was on that good Raw or SmackDown or Survivor Series is even going to fucking be here next week. You can have all the good wrestling in the world you want, but when you treat your wrestlers worse than the gum on the bottom of your fucking shoe, us people who aren't paying attention to investors and stocks and all this shit are wondering why in the wild blue hell am I even wasting my time with you? Where I could go other places where I know my favorite wrestler is going to be here next year and the year after and the year after. And I'm not going to have to worry about what's happening. These guys come to WWE. I don't know who the fuck's going to be here next week. For all mm-hmm. we know, the New Day could all be gone by next week. Which is Sometimes scary. It, a, a, a few years back, that would sound like an exaggeration. That sounds like a real possibility now. And Tony We Khan, already talked about, how, about the bullshit deal they gave Xavier Woods. Yeah, and Tony Khan actually touched and base in recently. Tony Khan touched base recently with exactly what you're talking about. Listen to this. Did you know MJF was going to say that? And what do you think about the upcoming bidding war in 2024? I've been, yes, I knew he was going to say that. He's been saying it for a long time. I, I had no problem <laughs> with it. You know, his contract, I signed yeah. him to a five-year contract two years ago. 
It's got three years left on it, and I'm totally fine with it because, frankly, there may be more in 2024. I'm, I'm fine with that. But anybody who signs a contract there these days is not signing a real contract, in my opinion. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, uh, a temporary arrangement. And uh, people who come wrestle with me, a lot of these people are, frankly, lifers, and they know that. And there are some people who are here uh, and work really hard, and there are some people here who come in and work more than really hard. Some people come in, and I feel like this is their actual life, and they're going to be here with me for the rest of my life. And I don't know if everybody who works for my competition can say that. I think there are people who work there, and they aren't even sure they're going to be there next week. So I just think uh, there's a lot more security with a contract here. And I can't say I'm going to extend every contract or bring every person back. But I also, through the last couple of years, have not been doing mass layoffs, even though I'm not the most profitable company of all time. I don't brag about being the most profitable company of all time. I do brag about bringing in a lot of revenue for a startup and being a real success story. But what I will brag about is that we haven't been doing mass layoffs and we haven't fired 15 people last week or 18 people the week before that. And, you know, it's, it's not anything to be proud of when a company lets all those people go. And when you're putting press releases out like that frequently, I I don't think it's a good thing. And so to me, I, I don't want to make light of that kind of thing ever. But when you talk about one particular wrestler in a bidding war, I think each person is their own individual case. And, you know, in, in that case, that's a very special talent. And, and there may be multiple people coming for his services, but we've seen most of the talent going in one direction. And I think that's for a variety of reasons, but I've been very selective in the people I've signed. And every time there's been a mass layoff on the other side and there's been 15 or 18 or 20 people, and I don't mean to make light of it because each time every one of these people matters and the exact number does matter. So I, I believe I heard it was 18 Last time, I'm not sure how many people got let go yesterday, but every time it happens, it's terrible. And I can't say that I'd be able to take on every one of these people. You know, I think if there's 18 or 20 people that let go on average, there's a few of them that I think can really help AEW and we can continue to grow. Um, And as we keep going, I think some of the people who have contracts here are going to expire and we may eventually not be able to keep everybody, but, but I don't take any pride in trying to cut costs or let people go. I really do take a lot of pride in how many people we kept working through the pandemic. I take, so I just take a lot of pride in all the people that work here. And I know that not everyone's going to work here forever, but if somebody's not going to work here, please know that I'm going to feel really, really bad about it. And that's one of the reasons why we haven't let a lot of people go yet. And I, I, you know, eating some of those costs, especially through the pandemic when there was really nowhere else to get work in wrestling. I expect AEW to be around uh, as long as I'm alive, and hopefully I have kids someday, and uh, they'll be a part of it too. And, and so I expect to be in the wrestling business the rest of my life. And like I said, there are people here who will be here with me for the rest of my life. I can't say everybody will be, but um, there's a lot of people like that. And then there's a lot of people that know I would – be there for them the rest of their life. So anybody who leaves AEW is is leaving that. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know if people on the other side have the same feeling uh, of loyalty or family. Wow. Now, let me give some people a little something to think about. Say AEW's been around about two, almost three years now, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the people we first saw when they first showed up, people like Sonny Kiss, Kip Sabian, Joey Janela, they still here. And those are like the bottom level people. The people you only see on dark. They don't let some of the top fucking people go over in WWE. I could give a fuck at this point how good the product is. There's a magical little thing called loyalty. Besides Kylie Ray, who just dipped before the thing even got going, who have we ever really ever heard get released from AEW? No, there really aren't any. You really gotta think about it. You know why? Because when you sign a contract with Tony Khan, you're gonna figure no. I think um, Leva Bates, I think she's still there. Yeah, I don't think she was released. Peter Avalon. I, yeah, I think, I, I, okay, that might have been like the one. But Is Peter, Peter Avalon's compared, gone? Like, no, 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 no. I think he's still there. I think everybody's still there. But see, think about that, George. I didn't even remember that she got released. That's how few people get released in AEW. Well, what's her name? Whereas they don't want to mess with like, anymore. What? Um, Sophia Cortez, what the hell was her name again after NXT? Oh yeah, Evelise. But that's because she was Evelise. a problem. Yeah, everybody hates her. <laughs> hate to say, I'm just going as I see yeah, that, 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 that girl, that girl has a reputation. When, then, the wasn't she on Tough Enough and Stone Cold hated her too? See, that she just people hate her. Yeah, she was in Lucha Underground. They had issues there. She, she had a problem. She just had to go for the sake of the company. But the whole point being, there's so many people who have been there since the doors opened, and no matter where they are on the card, Tony has kept them. Just let that settle in that Sonny Kiss has more job security than Ric Flair did. Than that, all these guys who have been there for years did. That's harsh. But yeah, you're right. Not because not, not, Tony had Maybe to, Ric Flair is not the best, but because best example. The the day, but uh, yeah. Sonny Kiss had better But you know, somebody who's been there for a long time. Like, than Mark Henry. Or more Big Show. Yeah, like people like Mark Henry, Big Show, Sonny Kiss has more job security than those two. Joey Janela has more job security than those guys do. Like it, it. I could, I like stocks, freaking investors. All what happened to loyalty? Because what looks really good is when you have people who have been there for forever. Well, again, privately traded company. <laughs> is Tony's privately traded? I'm assuming that it is. I think it is, but it's just it's. It makes so much more sense because like Tony didn't say anything that wasn't true. Like people who are in AEW, they're probably gonna. Some of those people will probably be in AEW as long as AEW is AEW. <laughs> like, and of course, if there's people he can't keep, it's not just gonna be like it is where in WWE where it's like, all right, you're released. Okay, back to this muffin. Like, no, it's gonna be. I'm sorry, I couldn't keep you, but thank you for everything you did while you were here. WWE's releases are like they're like a they're, they're, I can't even say an annual event they're like a family they're, they're, they're like Sunday dinner it's like alright guys what, what do we got on the menu time for more releases yeah. no other company is like that like I mean for God's sake AEW, MLW AAA, New Japan Impact, all these places when you sign a contract you know you're there yeah, WWE, you, you could sign a contract and be gone the next day. 
they ha- it's a one-sided contract because they can hold you, but you can't hold them. Right. Like, holy crap. Because it, 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 it's funny. It, it's to the point where, like, I it's not even that I hate Impact. I just don't have time for them, and some of their fan base kind of annoys me. But... <laughs> But the one thing I've always been able to say with Impact is when you're there, you know you're going to be, you know you're not just gone the next day. They release more wrestlers. They're going to work with you. They release more wrestlers than Impact has. Exactly. And that's just in one shot. (laughs) And they do less than Impact did. But one person. Think about that. uh One person did some breaking I was going to say, like, I I thought Uh about it, like, W. Morrissey, Big Cass, he got to do more in Impact than Hit Row got to do. It's depressing. So one person had some breaking news. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ! And it's gonna be a familiar face for you. Let's get him up on all the screens here. So Virgil, he tweeted. Oh my God! Who does his graphics? That's nice. Anyway, no. Breaking news: I have just released Vince McMahon from his duties. Effective immediately, I will be once again overseeing all talent and decision making. Glad that the company has come to their senses. You want Virgil to run things instead? They'd have more loyalty with Virgil. Yeah, you want loyal Virgil. He went from lonely Virgil. It would be like Happy Corbin. His gimmick went from lonely Virgil to loyal Virgil. Let's turn this around, Virgil. Virgil wouldn't waste my time with an egg. Let's turn this around, Virgil. Me and you. Hashtag, uh, what was it again? Loyal Virgil, right. Loyal Virgil. Loyal Virgil. We're going to put him over as a baby face for years. One of our most popular YouTube videos is lonely Virgil. That and, thing uh, still shows up on my recommended every once in a blue moon. But it's time to turn that shit around. Loyal Virgil. Can we make it? Virgil for president. Let's do it. They, they want to have WWE wants to be more inclusive and have more ethnicities. Let's start with Virgil. I demand unlimited breadsticks and meat sauce for life. Hashtag meat sauce for life. Meat sauce Mike. Meat sauce Mike. Write it down. Meat sauce for life. I'm liking these. There's so much. <laughs> There's so much. Any episode where people get released, I guess, should be considered a special because, man, so many. It's like everyone. I cringe whenever I see another release wave because I know that everybody's going to jump on Twitter. Everybody's going to jump on Twitter. And that's exactly how they're going to make videos. They're going to do rap now. They're going to release singles. All kinds of shit happens. When people get released, it's not just like in the old days. We were coming here and read like a list. It's like, all right. And here is their music video. Here is their movie trailer. Here is their game model. Here is their poem. Here is their inst- like it's never it's never just a release now. Now when people release, they go out with a bad. Since they don't get closure in the company, they write themselves out of storylines. Fuck it, we'll write our own storylines. We literally have to have people think about it. It comes it- out better than anything <laughs> WWE would have gave them. It went. It's the fucking craziest life experience I've ever had is running the show. That's because it went from a thing where the storylines would tell us to that they got so desperate they wrote that we have had people that have been put in mental institutions. What happened to my character? Fuck it. I guess I have to create, produce, and direct my own mental institution. People coming out of paddy wagons, getting out unlocked from prisons and shit. Like they've literally most of this show has become us playing trailers to people. To who put their own fucking storylines because WWE doesn't do it for them. Oh, God. Literally, throughout Raw, most of throughout Raw, and then sometimes a couple of hours past that, I'm literally just going through all the things and getting the amount of trails. These people have to do their own stories. All of them. Virgil, even. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's depressing, isn't it? Oh, man. I never imagined the stuff that we would be talking about on here. Right. Never in a thousand years. So let's talk about WWE strategy, or at least the strategy. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to analyze a little bit. I thought that it was just wild flicking of shit. 
Well, I'm glad you asked, Destin. You would almost think that I fed that to you because that's literally um, what I want to answer. That's the question I want to ask. Is this actually a strategy? And if it is a strategy, is it an effective strategy? So what would the strategy be? Aside from the obvious saving money, what if WWE wants to simply make WWE's brand a very tight very exclusive club wasn't that how it was during the monday night wars i mean the avengers wouldn't be cool if there were like hundreds of them or thousands of avengers everywhere it's like almost like you know the avengers or the power rangers or a a superhero the justice league like they have expanded rosters but really when you look at core teams when you look at core groups what makes a group special is that you're the best of the best the elite of the elite no pun intended here and you sort of dilute that special, unique, high professional level if hundreds of thousands of people can all ascend to it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm saying tinfoil, if this is their philosophy, that you want to sort of paint the image that not everybody can make it here, let alone 50 people. This is the top of the tier. Because if you really look at it during the any era, whether it's the new generation, the old generation, the 80 square logo, whether you look at the attitude era, the ruthless aggression era, it was really always a handful of guys that helmed it. It was never 10 or 20 people. It was always a small handful of guys, right, that sort of were the ones that pioneered it. And if you take it a step further, since they're sort of being written and directed and produced like a TV show. In a television show, in most cases, unless you're Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, even in those cases, you're going to have a core cast of five or six people you're going to write, and then an extended cast of characters. Even something as elaborate as Game of Thrones on HBO, George R. R. Martin, even he has an overwhelming time writing these books. That's why there's like eight or nine years between books sometimes, because there's so many characters and places, and even the show brings it down to a fourth of it. And has difficulty keeping track of everything and everyone and has loose plot holes and open plot lines and stuff. So when you're writing like a week to week television show, the general consensus is for you to have core characters. You want to have your Seinfeld group of four, your friends group of five or six. You know what I mean? Most television shows, whether it's Law and Order or even going back to Pacific Blue, Saved by the Bell, no matter what era you go to, Fresh Prince... You know, no matter what the hell you go to, no matter what you're watching, if you really think about it, there's always a core set of characters that it revolves around. And maybe every now and then they'll bring somebody in as what they call a recurring character. And then you hear that this person's status has been upgraded to like a a, a main cast role where they're featured in the credits. If you look at Family Matters, Jaleel White was a special fucking guest. They didn't have any plans of this. He got a push. It was one of those things where he got over, speaking wrestling terms, unexpectedly. He was just some guy. Wasn't it? They had him in the fucking credits. You think that they thought of that? Go back and watch. He's not in there at all. And then one day, I guess they, you know, he got it. He got it upgraded. They upgraded his contract and said, you know what? We're using this guy a lot. We're not just calling this guy every now and then. This guy's becoming like the gimmick of the show to the point where the fans are watching it, waiting for him to come through the door. And if he doesn't come through the door and they don't get that pop, now now people are ruining it. And, and if you go and watch the history, I don't want to segue too far, but the other cast members felt sidelined by it 
because it was like not only did the audience sort of turn on them the way they would in wrestling, but uh, the contracts got screwed too because now it was all about when's this guy going to come in and get the pop? And he's not even in the fucking credits. Problem solved. Give him your money and put him in the credits. Sometimes this is the way shows work, unfortunately, is the point that I'm making. And that's the way that they're doing business here. I'm just saying if what they have decided to do is just center everything around what has always worked for them in the past. It's been a few guys. It hasn't been tons and tons of guys. The other guys they may bring in for the Royal Rumble. What used to make the Royal Rumble special was a lot of the time you'd have many people who weren't with the company. Oh, look who came in for a little while and then they'll stick around for a few weeks after that or get a contract or whatever. Now they have everybody. It's just a matter out of everybody who are they going to put in it because everyone signed somewhere. It can no longer feel that unique when, when your company has that many people. So I'm just saying, again, not agreeing with this mentality, but just elaborating on their thinking. They might be just deciding to do what everyone does with television and that has a contract. And you know what? Most of the people that are doing this get season finales. They get time off to write the shit and then make a decision about who they're going to bring back next season, who they're going to write out the following season and so on. This is 52 weeks a year episodically. And when I and I'm counting one show, it's two week, it's two shows now three counting NXT, three shows being written, fifty two weeks a week year, and I'm still not counting pay per views that are monthly, then I'm still not counting specials like Saudi Arabia that are annual. Most people get a season and then take the rest of the year off to regroup. These guys are running fifty two weeks a year, three shows that also have specials and pay-per-views and there's extra content and interviews. It's almost like it's around the clock. When you really think about it, with the way that they're producing content, it's almost an enigma in itself. Like, does anyone ever sleep? There must always be a camera on somewhere doing something in order for them to sustain the weekly programming that they put themselves into. There's almost no fucking way not to. Think about it. There's super. We don't even count in 205 that's constantly going and main event and all this other shit. And then the interviews and the bite this and the smack talk. And dude, it's like, how the fuck are they even doing this at this point? You ever wonder that? Or why everybody shouldn't come? It's like, how is this even happening? So I think what's happening is, yeah, they started to lose control of a, of a, of a car, you know? It's like in Forest. You might get into that point of pressure you're trying to follow that line and just enough things distract you and even though everything was perfect up to that point you go spinning you fucking miss the checkpoint it puts you back all the cars are ahead of you a few seconds ago that line was perfect for the last three minutes but that one fucking thing and now there's a thousand things wrong that's who they are right now they don't want to spin out they don't want to hit walls they don't want to get taken back a checkpoint but unfortunately because of the knee-jerk reaction when they were following that line all that shit happened and now there's no going back you know, this is not just malice here. This is an unfortunate turn of events. Part of it's probably because of AEW. When AEW came on the scene, they started stockpiling talent almost to prevent what what happened. And what and what they wound up doing was a self-fulfilling prophecy. They were so worried about this becoming their next enemy, whether they wanted to admit it or not, that it wound up happening by them doing what they did. Maybe if they wouldn't have had that knee-jerk reaction and moved NXT over to compete with Dynamite and then did all of this shit and grabbed all of this talent to compete, maybe none of this would have turned out the way that it is. In a sense, they made AEW stronger. They perfect-selled it. It was like when it got here, it was questionable about what this thing might become. But then you just fed it stuff. And then after you fed it as much shit as possible, you all went back to Kami's lookout and said, oh, look at that. That sucks. Fuck are we going to do now? Isn't that what they did? Yeah, and now they're making it worse. And I was still making it worse. So it's like, unfortunately, what happened was I think they panicked. They took all this talent. They did, a whole bunch of shit went wrong here. But what if now they're just trying to course correct? And unfortunately, that's going to be with some damage. 
we need to go back to being a regular show that had a few guys on here. It was supposed to be the longest running weekly episodic television show, right, Michael Cole? Isn't that what they call that? It's not a great name that they give that shit. So it's like they got to go back to what they're trying to do here, which is having a few guys and it centers around a few guys. You know, the attitude ever centered around Stone Cold and The Rock. And then underneath that, you had the supporting cast of Mick Foley and The Undertaker and Kane. And again, I know it was different at different times. I'm using like any like a key point, a key focal time in the period. You know, you had your supporting cast underneath that and Triple H as the villain and so on and so forth. And Vince McMahon as, a, as the main antagonist. But you didn't have like 40 guys. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have four. Even when the invasion was going on and you merged the two companies, there weren't that many people. You could keep track of who was with who. And they didn't have all these other shows and outlets. So they sort of might be trying to make this more of an exclusive thing. I'm just, again, analyzing what I'm seeing going on here. And when you think about it, that can work because that's, to me, one of the things that made WWE special during the Monday Night Wars. There came a point where it almost became common. And this happened with TNA, too. It almost became like expected when someone got released that they were going to pop up on Nitro. Like, oh, this person's gone. They're going to be on Nitro. And that happened again. When TNA and Dixie took over, you just sort of waited to see them show up. It no longer became a matter of who's going to have who. It maybe became who they're going to take. And now it's sort of happening a third time. But if you look back at those eras, whenever things happen on the flip, it always felt more special, whether you like to admit it or not. When someone went to, to Nitro, it was always wow. But when someone went to Raw, it was always wow. Look who showed fucking X-Pac showed up going from going straight from the NWO six where Bishop let him up. <laughs> Triple H Triple H shows up with no Shawn Michaels after Mike Tyson punches him out. And he goes, oh, you go to your blood. You go to the click. And he comes out and he hugs him in the ring and shit. And people pop for X-Pac and nothing against X-Pac. But that's the power of the WWE that at a time when Shawn Michaels is leaving and poor Triple H and I was watching this shit live. Poor Triple H. I was wondering what was going to happen to the X. That's a big mark for that shit. I was like, oh my God, they brought an X Pac. And everyone was like, all right, it's X Pac. Thank God. You know? We didn't know until the end of that Raw that the Outlaws were going to be officially put in. I don't want to go back into too much history, but it just looked like, okay, the new DX is going to be X Pac and fucking Triple H with China. They just portrayed Shawn Michaels with, with X Pac. <laughs> you, you went two hours of thinking that the new DX is going to, instead of have Shawn Michaels, the only replacement will be X Pac. Think about that. Everyone makes it sound like the DX army came out that next day and they were all just there. Like, yeah, no, you went two hours. And at the end, it was like when they interfered in that cage match uh, with Foley and uh, Terry Funk, you were like, thank God that at least the outlaws, I suppose. (laughs) Absolutely insane, man. But at the end of the day, when it comes to this kind of stuff, it could simply be that they want to just have it isolated down to regular small groups small teams and and the reason for that is because of those moments that i'm talking about when somebody showed up when chris benoit and eddie guerrero showed up it was a bigger deal jericho who was considered nothing more than a cruiserweight they never pushed him he was entertaining to us as fans kind of like the way you look at people in the indies but they didn't appreciate jericho and nitro if you go back and watch the way they used him they never gave anything to jericho aside from us kind of like indie guys now that really liked the guy. They never really gave much to him to make him seem like he would be a big enough deal to show up against The Rock. And yet coming on Raw was enough validation for that entrance to raise him a higher tier than he was. A lot of that had to do with the fact that the company doesn't take people and doesn't take just anyone. So whenever someone showed up, and it's the same thing with with Impact, that's why AJ Styles showing up was a bigger deal here than anywhere else. 
where they have tons of video footage of people's reactions at homes, in their house, on their computers, in the crowd, watching AJ Styles come out to music they've never heard before and go ape shit anyway because they knew it was him. You can't do that anywhere else, you know, and that's sort of what they might be going for again. They're starting to feel like a regular company when they hire everyone. So, again, I'm not sure if this is the right logic to go with, but this is the direction it looks like that they're going in. The other side of this is that at this point, they're looking for people who do things the WWE way. <laughs> the WWE way. Which, which is I just know, lay down and take it like a big girl. Which I know is cringe, but they don't want, they no longer want people who are 205 Live and have one guy who wrestles UK, WWE UK with joint manipulation and another guy who he's a wrist. I, I know you're, you, and again, don't kill the messenger. I'm not saying I don't like this. I love the British style. I love the, the Japanese. I love all this, but I'm saying that they have finally decided that they, like the Japanese have decided they're the Japanese style. They have decided that they're the WWE style. They're the WWE way. And they want to have things, people who already fit that mold is what they're going with. Now, interestingly enough, Jim Ross on his podcast, and I came across this on my spare time, nothing to do with the program, but I found this really interesting. Jim Ross spoke about the WWE way. And I thought, what better person? I don't know. I don't think you've heard this yet, Destin, right? I have not. I thought, what better person than to hear it from someone who's been in the business this long as Jim, Jim Ross. You hear a lot of times when new talent would come over from another promotion, oh, they've got bad habits. They've got to learn the WWE way. As if we knew all the answers. Right. As if the WWE way was the only way. that wrestling doesn't exist anywhere else. We're not going to acknowledge anybody, for God's sakes. It's, that's a sign to me of gross uh, insecurity. Are you shitting me? Yeah. The world doesn't, the sun doesn't rise and set only on the WWE. There's a lot of really good talents, a lot of good companies, uh, out there that had, that were not WWE affiliated. And, and I just get so sick of hearing that shit. Oh, the WWE way. What the fuck is that? What is that? Con- what is the WWE way? Could you write a theme on that or, or just give me 10 bullet points of this is the outline to determine the WWE way. Okay. What, what does that even mean? Agree. And, and I know a lot of us that have worked, that worked there. I, I, I was there 26 years. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm not saying everybody did it, but me, oh, good old JR smart, man. He didn't buy into all that shit. Well, I'm not saying that I did buy into it because I heard it every single day. And, uh, and Vince had this, to me, it's just a, a sign of insecurity. You know, and I, Bruce and I used to have some of our most uh, spirited arguments or debates or whatever uh, regarding that that theme. And you know, we're both loyal to Vince. Nobody, I don't know of anybody in wrestling that's been more loyal to Vince than Bruce, other than maybe Pat Patterson, Jerry Briscoe. Those guys are there forever. So, uh, but God Almighty, what is the WWE way? For God's sakes, right? Somebody tell me that I need to know that after all these years, maybe I just missed the whole damn point and I was there Did I had 26 years experience or did I have the same experience 26 times? Don't know. But in any event, the WWE, that's just, it's nauseating. You know what, what? I just don't know. What is it? What is it? So, and I'm not getting any answers. I don't know the answer. I'm not expecting you to tell me Conrad cause I, I'm being facetious and a lot of, a lot of ways here. God damn, man. <laughs> 
Come on. <laughs> okay, now who will tell JR he's wrong? I'll wait. I love that he went the fucking the, the fucking WWE yeah. way. See, you know, they're the only company that has this quote-unquote way. You know why? Because a way doesn't fucking exist. You know what makes other places great? It's because you see different shit. See, what they need to realize, and whether they realize it or not at this point, I could give a fuck. Once you introduce the Lucha Libre and the joint manipulation, you don't just go back because people see it and then they're going to want more of it. You take them away, you're going to piss them off. You Dude. piss them off, everybody else is going to benefit. Everything from the signing all the people, they're in too deep. They don't get to go back anymore. You take what you want, you take what you have now, and you make it work. That's your only option. And if they're such a great company, they shouldn't have a problem doing it. Everybody else can do it. Why can't they? It might just not be the division that they want, unfortunately. And not to make they, then they shouldn't have started in the first place. But now it's too late, so now they got to deal with it. Yeah, and not to make light of what's going on, but uh, yeah, Stasis is right. We were, <laughs> I didn't plan on. I had to go cut this myself and grab it because I didn't even plan on this being on. Like we, I was just listening to Jr. in the background. I was playing my MMO, doing my daily quests, and I just had this on on a speaker in the background. And Jr.'s not normally like he does have his moment. But he's not normally like that. I'm just listening, half hearing. Jr. went in on this. I had to stop the game. I was like, "Oh no, wait, hold on!" I stopped what I was doing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like I wasn't expecting that. What the fuck's the WWE wet? Come inside with that shit. I literally stopped Yo. what I was doing and I gra- I grabbed it in that moment. I was like, I don't. I felt like it wasn't going anywhere, but I just I grabbed like I'm grabbing this in that moment. It was such a funny reaction. <laughs> To, uh, so, so well spoken too when he said it. Jr. Old Jr. is great. I'm gonna need y'all. I'm gonna need y'all to start doing something with these live streams. It's a minor request. You can if you want to. If you can't, hey, I'm gonna need y'all to start recording for these moments live because that would have just been great. Just to be knocking on the dailies and all you hear. Hold the fuck on. What? <laughs> you hear that shit? What did he say? Well, no, we weren't even he live said, This was off said, air. Oh, what this this was literally just us off that's what i'm saying like (laughs) stuff like this needs to be live because that is glorious oh man we're just listening to the whole thing and that came up i was like oh jr he's right though he makes a lot of good points you know there's a whole world of wrestling he's wrong but it is their company so they can decide that they don't want to if they can do this their way when you said well what are they going to do they have to deal with it this is their way of dealing with it this is the way that they have decided to deal with it. They're going to cut people loose. They're going to make their exclusive club. And then whenever they do pick someone to join it, that's going to make that person be viewed as the best of the best because not everybody is allowed to hit, hit this tier. You know, it, it's a perception. Perception is reality. The problem my friend. they're going to run into is that they're going to be the only ones who see it that way. No. While everybody have. else is going to be sitting here pissed off. Like, why'd you just release this person and this person? They were perfectly fine. Like, Tell that to all of the WWE fans with the brand loyalty, man. You know what I mean? All the people who criticize yeah, they, AEW. They're, 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 too, they're, they're, they're in too deep. They're, there's no saving them. But that's what I mean. They'll always have those supporters. They're not looking for the people who already see it this way. They're looking at the people who are going to see it that way. And that's all that they could really depend on. Whether or not it works on everyone is not their concern. They want it to work on most people. And at the end of the day, they have the reach to make it happen easier than AEW. And that's what they're depending on, sincerely or not. And the proof behind this, and it's something that you brought up earlier, was the tribute to the troops. Because the reality of the situation is that the tribute to the troops did do better than Raw. The tribute to the troops did 2 million viewers this past Sunday. It was a .51 in the 18 to 49 demographic, being 663,000 of them in that demographic. 
This was a free broadcast, though. Let's not forget that it was on Fox on a Sunday at 5 p.m. It had a hot spot. You know what I mean? And there were like, there's a lot of different things that were happening. We're hearing that the numbers may also have been skewed by the markets that are that chose not to carry the NFL or had a local NFL game overlap. So the point that I'm making here is that the fact that they're able to put something like Tribute to the Troops on in a nice, sweet, comfy, free network broadcasted Fox spot on the middle of a Sunday is something that only they can do. And that's the reason why something as basic as Tribute to the Troops that we're not even bothering to cover here without them even trying, because I'm sure no effort went into the show, we would have heard about it, did a $1.585 million with a point forty two in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, numbers that AEW has not even been begun to aspire to. And they did it on tribute to the troops. So it's like, yeah, they beat their own self. At the end of the day, an article that Ringside brings up makes a good point. Tribute to the troops beat raw. They're like competing with themselves at this point. That's how much of a reach they have when it comes to the majority. Like they're 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 competing with themselves. The only thing that was able to beat them was that. And they did it with a lesser produced product than what they're already putting out there weekly, which really means that they could just hit those numbers whenever they feel like it or whenever they need to. It's a decision to underproduce and underdevelop based on the budget that they want to stay on. But if there was ever an emergency, they could put that red button. They could turn that gear, turn that, that, that gear up one and they could accelerate. That's to me what tribute to the troop shows is something that none of us covered. None of us are interested in hardcore wrestling fans that are doing a podcast in the middle of the night going into the morning as an anniversary episode. You know what I mean? And yet there were still 1.589 million people in the 18 to 49 demographic, 0.42, that thought Tribute to the Troops was good enough to watch. So you see what I'm saying? As long as they have that 1.585 million people who will tune in to tribute to the troops, something that George just said he didn't even know it was on, they're all right. They are the WWE. This is like not just a wrestling company. And, th- and those are the numbers that show. And it shows not only that they have a demographic that powers them, but that it's not even the same demographic we're in somehow. There's a subculture within wrestling. There's sub demographics because there are people out there that watch tribute to the troops and none of us here know who they are. You ever see those nature shows? There's that one story about that one dude who he took like a raft to like one of those those savage islands or something and the people killed him. Like he was coming there to cultivate it and show them the Bible and shit. And instead, like they think that they're evil, like they're not cultivated like in our society and they fucking killed them. That's how far apart we are from some wrestling fans. We're like. We're just different cultures, even though it's the same. We're all people. We're different cultures entirely. No one feels any kind of, no one here is catching any kind of, oh shit, I miss tribute to the troops. It's, no one gives a fuck. 1.585 million people gave a fuck. <laughs> you know, it's sad. Fox is happy with them. I'm, sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. The, the tribute to the troops was 0.51, not 0.40. So yeah, and it was the 663,000 viewers were in that 18 to 49 demographic. So look at that. They could open with as many egg promos as they want and no one's going to do shit about it. They could sell the egg and hire everybody back, right? That's what I've heard. And by the way, they already did the egg is all elite graphic. I've seen it. Destin linked me to it. I knew someone was going to do it. It's not, I guess, the most original Mm -hmm. idea. You know, like I knew the egg was going to become all in. But yeah, there, there are some things. There's a lot to think about here, you know? 
I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just telling you guys what I think the strategy is that's happening. Oh, they here. they 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 can be they can be as successful as they want. I'm just I think my thing is I'm just trying to people trying to act like it's just like oh of course it's the right thing. Like no 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 it's they are successful but they are a successful piece of shit. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not the right thing to do, and it needed to be handled better. And they don't look good to anyone right now. I don't know if they even care. At one at one point, GameStop was fantastic. Just saying. I don't recall the time. I remember one point GameStop was Funkoland, and they were shit then, and then they were they were shit as EB Games, and then they were shit as GameStop. <laughs> I really remember seeing the first Funkoland commercials, and then going in and picking up the little newspaper that had all of the prices of trade-ins, and thinking this is shit right from the start. They were always shit. But I bet they got to go home for Christmas at Funkoland. They were the Golgotham from Dogma, not born. Shit into existence. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe you pulled that one. <laughs> the Golgotham. Shit. But yeah, basically uh, what we're saying here is, um, yeah, can't nobody argue with JR. <laughs> and you know what's so bad about it? What What's so sad is you know those same marks are going to hop out there. He's just bad because he got fired. I don't think so. Motherfucker, JR could do commentary for Jesus if he wanted to. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, I don't think that that's it at all. But look, I re- I'm looking forward to seeing these guys again, and it's not the end. It's just safe journey, as they said in Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah. With every last one of those releases, I hope they can go somewhere, be successful, be happy. But the one thing we know for sure, they will have to be somewhere where there's a level of loyalty there. Because I'm going to put loyalty for me goes way farther than any bit of money goes. The money disappears, but you don't forget what people done, what people did for you when times were tough. So. so there was a Triple H sighting before we get into any of the weeklies to wrap up here. There was a Triple H sighting um, because the WWE just moved their corporate awesome. headquarters to a new building. So uh, all of the execs were checking out the progress of the construction. And you see Triple H here. So for anyone who's interested in seeing that, you know, here is a look. We're out, we're out. Is that Vince? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? How are you? As we go along, we have to map. Oh, that's Triple H. Yeah. There he is. I heard people say that he was looking small, but it's like, how could they tell in the image? People just say dumb shit just to get attention. Like, I can't. I would have needed a like, better shot. That's why I started hating. Able to tell if he's small, he's in a fucking suit. I mean, it's the same size. Like if they don't get the fucker, yeah, but it's good to sheets. see him back on his feet. Good to see he's feeling all right. Or well, look, good to see he's walking. I don't know how the hell he's feeling. And I'd mm. like to think he's feeling okay. Otherwise, he shouldn't be out there. As, as long as he's as long as he's been since uh, that cardiac incident, I would like <laughs> to think that. he's yeah, he's got to be feeling better by now if he's all on his feet like that. This is that the hat looks small. Yeah, it's like when Kurt Angle was given the little hat, the little cowboy hat from Stone Cold. Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. I got Olympic gold. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. The best part about that is that he looks at it first and he pauses. And then I got Olympic gold. Um, what else? I'm going to skip stuff because we have a bloated program already. Uh, I guess we're going to do weeklies, right? How about weeklies? Yeah. 
So to the which thankfully SmackDown's already out of the way. I did not watch NXT. Uh, there just wasn't time this week. I'll double pile up on it next week if necessary. Um, actually, I can't say that. I watched everything but the last half an hour of it because I had it on in the background after Raw. Uh, but I didn't really jot anything down. I saw the stuff that happened. You know, I saw what happened to Cameron Grimes' his beard. He got shaven and, and he got outsmarted in that poker game. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I saw that happened. I already forgot everything. You see, that's how that's how multitasking I was. If you if you told me, I'd remember it immediately since it just fucking happened. But there's where my brains are. That all I remember well, I mean, is that. But the one thing, well, that actually, I, one one of the I was gonna say one of the key things I do remember is the, uh, the math. Since it's that what well, that the math too, <laughs> but also um, we got war games, but this time from EO, not real. Yeah, yeah, I heard War Games. I don't think I got to that part where War Games was announced. But I did hear about Champa doing the math promo on a Steiner. How funny is that? He does it to Braun Breaker. I love I love that because even he's like, motherfucker, you use my uncle's shit on me? Two, three. Hmm. Now, now, I'm no math major, and by the sounds of it, you ain't either. But uh, the way I see it, You've got less than a 33 and a third percent chance of ever taking this NXT title from me. Now, you can bark up the tree all you want, but at the end of the day, Braun, you're just a puppy. And me, well, me, I'm the NXT champion. He told him the math promo. I'm How wonderful he, is that? I, I I don't blame him because God help him if he can remember that whole thing. But I I almost wish he would try to go into the whole thing. All right. And for anybody that's never heard it before, here's the whole thing. Scott Steiner, it's going to be a three-way for the TNA Heavyweight Title at Sacrifice. Now, before we even start, one of my absolute favorite things about this is how much I forget the girl's name in the background. But just okay, her. I I forget how much she's trying to like agree. Like at first she's doing what any good valet, like yeah. But you could see this, like she's losing her after all. Like she's poker facing it. Like wait, what? Well, she just stays there, like all stone faced about it. Like there's no way she's following this shit at this point. Right, like between you, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe. Now, before you get there, you have an important step tonight as you and X Division Champion Petey Williams. What I love so much about this clip, and it's my favorite thing, anybody who listens to this, tell me, even though he is talking complete gibberish, tell me about midway through he doesn't sound like he's making perfectly fucking sense. I love that Petey Williams at the time was a mini Scott Steiner. <laughs> mini little Petey Pump. Like, I just love that that was the gimmick. Like, what an amazing, like, who? this is brilliant. See, Impact wasn't given enough credit. Like, how do we wind up with this? You know? And somehow still the strangest one in the group is Scott. You know? bitch. <laughs> but I love how they tried to fucking support this promo just with the expressions. You could tell that they were just hanging in there. Take on the <laughs> unlikely duo of Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. You know, they say all men are created equal. But you look at me and you look at Small Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best 
and beat me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we used to go one-on-one -on -one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, McJoe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. See, but I'm going to break it down for all you ladies. Would you rather be with me, or would you rather be with Joe? Well, I think Joe's kind of nice. I mean, you know. See, you're one of those girls that like romance. I'm going to talk to all my freaks out there. Would you rather come home to me, a genetic freak, to be satisfied every night, or go home to that fat-ass small Joe? See, tonight, we're going to win, and I'm going to be the world champion at sacrifice. Come on, P. Let's go. Scotty, just like you always say, Big Papa Pump has got your hookup. Well, Maple Leaf Muscle is who you need to look up. Holler if you hear that. Wow. I forgot how great oh that was. God. Oh, dear Lord. I love how he somehow manages to only slip up slightly. That I, lo whole I love how I had to like add permission in real time in the chat room for the term fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> like the bot stopped it there and gave me real time. It did, yo, the bot did a telltale. Did you see that? Like the fat, like George's fat it, ass comment came up I and it had, a, it had the two choices. Like I was life estranging it. <laughs> you, you know what's so bad? I saw it too, George. I could have gave you permission as well, but I had to get that thought out before I forgot it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But what made that so great is I love how the longer it goes, he kind of sounds like he's making sense, but he's not. No, they reached the point where he was the gone. They reached the point where he was gone, man. No, he what I mean, doing... what, what I mean, he just he never broke stride. So it sounds like this was already fucked his head. <laughs> See, I couldn't have been the interviewer for that shit because I would have failed the fuck apart. I would have had to hand PD or fucking rocket con the mic or something to just walk away because I couldn't fucking do it. Like, it's, I love oh, how boy. he gets his own number wrong though. At one point, that kills me every time. But yeah, that that Gargano feud is uh, not the Gargano, the Champa feud with a uh, Braun Breaker is heating up. NXT is not; they're dropping rapidly because they went from a couple of weeks ago in the beginning of November that six hundred thirty-one thousand viewers with a point fifteen. In the demographic then they dropped to 603,000 viewers with the same point 15 and the 18 to 49 demographic now they dropped to 574,000 viewers with a point 11 in the 18 to 49 demographic that demo's dropping fast faster than yeah, before and i think a lot of it is because of the fact that like we don't need i don't need a bunch of characters on my nxt give me yeah. the people who have always been here yeah that demo's dropping fast That's i'm not perfectly fine i don't need i don't need the college boy I don't need the guy who wants to socially accept everybody. I don't need the Italian. I don't need all this other shit. Like, when you look at guys like Champa and Grimes and Gargano, it's like a dying breed in NXT. I'm yeah. seeing less of NXT and more of just, like, Saturday morning power hour. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, let's talk about... uh. 
Dynamite. So Dynamite, one of the things that the objective of this episode was, was it was to go through the whole Kenny Omega departure thing because uh, Kenny has a lot of different things going on. Apparently for the last, so his knees are bad, his shoulders, he has an abdominal hernia that he's been working through and there's a bunch of other stuff. He's going to be getting multiple surgeries. On top of that, for the last three years, he's been suffering from vertigo. And when he's in the ring, there's times that the ring would be spinning. So he's had to learn to compensate for the spinning of the ring, which has been stated to be pretty crazy considering all the stuff he does. So he's going to be taking time to try to get these issues corrected. Which also a little bit of news regarding him as well. I did hear um, he will be, after I believe a 725-day reign, he'll be vacating the AAA Mega Championship as well. Yeah. Joaquin Roland Pena, the GM for AAA, released a statement saying, due to injuries and surgery issues, Kenny Omega may not be present at the Triple Mania Regia. Therefore, as of this moment, the Mega Championship of Lucha Libre remains vacant. With Vikingo AAA as the first challenger, more news soon. And then we heard that it's supposed to happen soon. And then they're going to announce a new main event. But uh, apparently the rumor is it's going to be a multi-person match. But uh, they don't know. But that's going to be December 4th at the Monterey, in, in Monterey in the stadium. So that sucks. He had to vacate his other title. Like he pretty much was stripped down. Uh, yeah. Patrick sent me this video here. This is apparently... AW champ Kenny Omega gets insane chiropractic adjustment. Do you know anything about this? I've I been meaning to. I, I, I passed this oh, video this like seven be, or eight times. This has to like, be a joke video. Do I want to watch this yet? This has to be a joke video. Look at how this shit starts. Oh, I oh. seen <laughs> What's going on here, man? That's a hammer I was waiting for. Oh, what's your deal, brother? What the fuck was. And what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? What's going on out there, YouTube land? I might have startled him just a little bit. He wasn't ready for that. We're here with the Omega I'm Mega. scared. Kenny Omega, Startle. the cleaner, AEW champion, one of the main men, one of the best match ever guys out there. Like 49 minutes. Got to and, uh, you can work as safe as you can, but you can't avoid everything. There's always something that could go wrong. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. can't watch all this. Thanks for the link, though, Patrick. You linked me earlier. Patrick's are listening to the show. Right. He's in Brian UK time. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, yeah. you guys are talking. Thank it's like you, Patrick. New Monday Night Wars. You know, 20-something years later. Wednesday oh. Night Wars. Yeah. Saturday Night Wars. You guys are really making an impact and really uh, cutting into the main promotion's demographics, which, of course, accelerates both parts, just like it did in the 90s, right? Absolutely. The sport wins when there's competition. No, I totally agree. And, God, you know... This is something I, I, I want to do, I need to do. I think that's when I started to fall in love with Mr. Perfect. Yep. And I loved his movement. I loved Same. that he was a multi-sport athlete. I appreciate the real athleticism that goes into what he does mm -hmm. without sacrificing that entertainment aspect. He was willing to do whatever. Anime and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So obviously, the, you know, the Final Fantasy, you know, inspiration. A lot of people mm -hmm. have said that, you know, Resident Evil also influences your style and look occasionally. Yep. What other, you know, animes or games do you think you have incorporated that maybe people don't realize that you've done it subtly, but they need to go back and look at and, and look for that you've incorporated into your persona, your, your, your look at any given time? Well, I think the original was uh, always Street Fighter. I think the first 
video game centric thing I ever incorporated was uh, Hadouken from Street Fighter. People think maybe that means I, I threw an invisible fireball or a real one. It was just like a double palm thrust kind of thing. Right. And uh, that's when I came back from my first and only excursion to WWE, where you know I realized that I had no real character and. Whatever they came up with for me, I never felt like I could relate to it. I never felt like I could uh, act out that persona to its its best form. And so I thought, well, rather than create something, have something created for me, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it one last go, one last kick of the can, mm -hmm. to see if just being me and being sort of a... Just you with little variations on it, right? Yeah, yeah, a, a more exaggerated version yes. of of Tyson Smith, which is that's my real name. Yeah, that's interesting because, like you talk, you know, we talk about a lot of Kip kayfabe, and and people are able to take on these different. They're acting, right? Like they're, yeah. they're creating persona, which is an incredibly talented thing to do. But I know a lot of performers, or basically like a live action hero. Mm. So how are you supposed to be a, a fantastic actor pretending to be somebody else, remembering all these gimmicks and lines, but also yeah. be super skilled and talented and athletic at the same time? And, and, you know, there have been a couple people, I suppose, that have been yep. able to mesh those things together. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's a very realistic expectation if you want the best product out there. Definitely. And so it's it's interesting to me that you're like, hey, listen, I'm just going to be me, throw a little twist on it, embrace the nerdiness, but I'm just going to put on really, really good matches. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, people... In the modern era, you're considered top one to three as far as best match uh, performers that there are. In fact, you're one of the only people to ever go over five stars, right? Six, seven stars, mm -hmm. uh, you know, according to Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Negative two, according to uh, Mr. Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> Which is great. That's great. I like the variation, to be honest. I feel that if I'm if I'm performing so strongly in one area, there's interactions. I I find that by far and away. Um, native English it's weird. You guys are gonna have to watch this on your off time. And uh... <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I put the link in the chat for you guys. Oh, good job. Yeah, that dude's been wrestling a laundry list of injuries. Like that is crazy. And then vertigo on top of that. He's in bad shape. Yeah. He's definitely in bad shape. It. Okay, let me it's tough to go it's tough to be going full blast all the time like your body eventually kind of just tells you like no slow this shit down yeah it has to i can't I mean we remember what happened with, vertigo, with uh though. with mox when his arm basically got to the point where it just wouldn't move anymore so it's like yeah gotta, gotta, gotta put your health first mm -hmm. so on dynamite they had the segment where he leaves i'm gonna put that on the screen for you guys now you know, I haven't watched the match back yet from Full Gear, and people are already asking me, when's the rematch going to be? When are you going to get your belt back, Kenny? I lost that match. The Elite lost the night. Quite frankly, I'm a little disgusted. Not you, Hanger. You won. Congrats. Really, congrats. But I feel like there's things i got to fix, there's things I've got to change, and I can't do it here. So... If I can count on you to hold the fort while I'm gone, I'd really appreciate it. Hey, don't you worry, Cleaner. I got this. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about the Bucks, but it's cool. Don't go down. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my bad. Oh, yeah, I just got hey, it. That's hey, not a problem. No, I, we're, I know we're, we're all going to hold down the fort while you're gone. You go take damn right, okay? Exactly. Yeah, thank exactly. you. I appreciate it. Brandon, cut it right there. Cut it right there. Stop recording. Press the red button. That was awkward. I like to do that. Hello. I love how he went as far as go press the red button. But love, no, no, I was actually talking to the box. <laughs> Don't worry, cleaner. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, you could tell him Colt's going to snake in to try to get rank. 
I was about to say, you read my mind. <laughs> that was a great moment. Oh, that was fantastic. The other thing, we had a Brian Danielson heel turn, huh? Yeah. I was not expecting this. You know, before we even run this clip, one thing I am liking about ever since he came back from being able to wrestle again, his the way he carries his character, especially now, it doesn't take much adjustment for him to really it's, it's almost gonna become a kind of like a charlotte thing to where he can bounce to, between a heel and a face just depending on the interaction he's having it just makes it just takes a minor adjustment like i like the fact that it doesn't take much for him to just be full-blown heel but then give it time the right person shows up and then he could be a full-blown face well his wrestling style is he works like a heel yeah he he is a brutal ass kicker like that style doesn't fit a baby face maybe the daniel bryan style in wwe did but the bryan danielson american dial um dragon style doesn't fit uh, a baby face at all he wrestles like a heel with those moves the, the offense is very heel-esque yeah yeah so i mean hey necessary adjustment have the have the personality fit the offense one thing congratulations hangman adam page So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm super excited for this match for the AEW World Championship. But, to be fair, I'm a little surprised and disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega standing across the ring from me right now. not Kenny Omega because I beat his ass in full gear and actually if I'm not mistaken I managed to do it in less than 30 minutes oh yikes Listen, listen, I, I didn't come out here to start any beef between us. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want any of that. Although, to be fair, you're not going to be wrestling somebody who's going to dress up as a Ghostbuster on Halloween. I'm coming to kick some ass. And if you guys want to see cowboy shit... Apparently, cowboy shit doesn't involve wrestling. I'm out here wrestling every week, and you're just out here flapping your gums. So, so hey, hey, some people celebrate like that. When I won the world championship at WrestleMania, I wrestled the very next day. I wrestled the very next day. Of course, Virginia Booth. I love that he buried the job. If you want to go ahead and wrestle for this championship, I don't see any reason we can't do it right here in Virginia. Do you guys want to see me wrestle Hangman Page tonight?
You see, here's the thing. Normally, I'd be up for it. No, no, no. Normally, I'd be up for it. But here's the thing. I'm out here. I'm ready. I'm ready to wrestle. I've got my gear on. You've got cowboy boots on and jeans and some sort of horrible leather jacket. And, and here's the thing. When I got here, everybody told me that Hangman Adam Page has a long list of excuses for why he's failed his entire career. I don't want to beat you for the AEW World Championship and for you to have the excuse that you're not ready. All right. We'll have it your way. I guess we won't have the match tonight. And look, I know Virginia's for lovers. But I'll still fight. So what do you think? Brian Danielson making a good heel here? Oh, he's... I mean, if it was anything like his last heel run, which was extremely entertaining, I'm down for it. What, the one with the hemp title? You know the bad part? I think... I feel like we made that more fun just because of the shit we were talking about him going in McDonald's and shit like that. But, I mean... He, yeah, his, like you said before, his style fits a heel very well. And I mean, considering they kind of let you fly a little wild here, I could see this being very entertaining. Yeah, bring in Redbeard, huh? Walk around with a hemp title yeah, here. Fuck too? it. Oh, God. <laughs> Anything else relevant happen in this pull apart? Do they get to each other? I don't even remember. I don't want to run the feed if there's no point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was your usual pull apart. Yeah, not as good as the Kingston one, right? But then again, that, that, that's a high bar to go to is Eddie Kings and shit. You know, he fights Evil Uno after that. Kills him with the Busaiko knee. Out of him too. The flat stomps, all of that kind of shit. Challenges Cole Cabana in Chicago next week. He basically says that he knows one of these Dark Order guys is from Chicago and he wants to kick that person's ass. Yeah, he's going to go through every member of the Dark Order till he gets to Hangman. Mm-hmm. So get ready for a series of uncomfortable ass opens. Yep. Aside from that, we had Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii. Stone Pitbull. Another member of Chaos showing up. When do we get Okada, right? Oh, I can't wait. I'm telling you, when I hear, I'm telling you, when that coin drops, they'll shut, they'll break, they'll, they'll break the camera feed. They'll pop so hard. I swear they will. But speaking of Okada, did you um hear what he's been doing since he won G1? No, I have not. He has not been carrying around the briefcase of the trophy. He has been carrying around the previous ver- version of the IWGP heavyweight title. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Which um, minor news going to Wrestle Kingdom break for two seconds. They have basically announced that uh, the winner of Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada on night two will battle Will Ospreay for the IWGP heavyweight title. So Will Ospreay is coming back to Wrestle Kingdom this year. That's going to be awesome, and we're just a little over a month away yeah. from all of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. biggest wrestling event of the freaking year, Wrestle Kingdom 16. Ah, I can't wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ishii looked good here. You know, he goes over with... Oh, yeah, with, Ishii... Uh, 
he goes over the blade with the sheer drop brain buster. Yeah. Even in his older age, Ishii, first of all, Ishii still looks scary. That's the first thing. But Ishii, you know, Ishii's still moving pretty good. Somehow the Butcher tore his biceps on this match, and I don't know how, but I heard that he tore his biceps. Yeah. Somewhere in here. I've noticed bicep tears seem to be like a weird injury because like, it, it, it can happen in ways you don't necessarily think it would. I wonder if we see it, if we can watch and study where it would be because he seems okay there. You know, like everything looks okay. Well, we know could he, he could still work with a torn bicep, right? He yeah, he he might have been able. To, he might have known it, but just managed to probably go, go get through it. I guess he looks so fine. Then guys sometimes injure themselves, and we don't notice it. I would hate to miss it if it happened somewhere that we would notice. You know. Yeah. But either way, he has a torn bicep. Wish him a speedy recovery. Oh yeah, get well soon. That is a that is so not a fun injury. Not saying there's a fun one, but of all the ones that one's pretty shite. Yeah, definitely. Uh jump a little bit back here. Yeah, so we had a match with uh Nyla Rose against Hikaru Shida, right? Yep, old AEW rivalry reignited again. Yeah, there's some brutal bumping that takes place in this match. Check some of this out. That's, That's right. That's right. Oh, oh Nyla Rose! Diving oh, through the chair got flattened. Look at the chair. The chair destroyed. And maybe the lower back of Nala Rose destroyed as well. Take another look at. Whoa. Oh, oh look at that. Never mind. Look at that. Vicky, Vicky Guerrero gets disarmed involved. by Hikaru Shida. All oh, the crowd wants Vicky to be taken to the woodshed. Oh. He stumbles. Oh. Oh. Whack. Vicky bumps. Vicky's screaming and screeching and glasses are breaking and dogs are barking. <laughs> And Hikaru Shida with a chance here to put away Nyla Rose and to advance in the tournament. Where the fans are standing on this No! What a match! Well, we have to take a break, but don't worry. You're going to see all of the action in this TBS quarterfinal round matchup. So what winds up happening, Serena Deep from the crowd hit Shida, leaving her vulnerable to Nyla. Nyla goes over with a standing stretch muffler. It looks really brutal. Right, it's even worse because Nyla being basically the largest girl on the roster, she'll be one of the smaller ones. It just looks like it sucked all kinds of ass. See if I could get it up on here. There we go. Nyla maybe transitioning to a stretch oh muffler. Oh my god! Standing stretch muffler! And Hikaru <laughs> Shida taps out! Nyla! What's so bad about that one is she didn't hold her the way you see like Big E holding her where you can clearly see like the leeway the person gets. That looks like that just sucked. Because it did. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That is a big, strong individual carrying a small little girl. (laughs) CM Punk and MJF meet. Isn't this amazing? Oh, my God. Okay, 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 okay. Hey. Maxwell. Wow. You talk about disrespectful, Excalibur. Well, CM Punk knows just how to push MJF's buttons. And you love to see it. So is help me out here, folks. So CM Punk is playing mind games. <laughs> oh, this is gonna get fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be an amazing feud. 
Good choice. Oh, God. Yeah. The personalities click so well for the sake of the feud. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be lovely. Mm hmm. Uh, jumping a little bit ahead here. I thought this was funny. Also, don't forget your skateboard. I like turtles. <laughs> he actually smiles that one. That was corpsing. Yeah, screw it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I like turtles. Yo, I. <laughs> I love how he even got Darby to break for a second. Because everybody remembers the I Like Turtles kid. Yeah, that's what he looks like. The acclaimed. But of course, mm-hmm. oh, you beat me to it. I was about to <laughs> ring him in. It wouldn't be AEW if we didn't have the acclaimed. Everybody's Yo! Saying that they be Dante's fighting the acclaimed again. He's got more partners than Pete Davidson. You can't make a choice. You a little bitch. Put some bass in your voice. Hey, yo, Leo, you're an amateur, and I think you're better off as a manager. We leaving y'all hurting. Funny, we're in Virginia's, and both of y'all are virgins. And Leo's like, I have three kids. No sooner than I should have left the shot him, and no sooner than he comes straight for them. <laughs> they come they... flying through the fucking ring. Oh, and so I am Dante and Leo. The acclaimed are on their ass. <laughs> Shivani, man. Unbelievable. And yeah, they go Those over, but we have. Are... Mm-hmm. I was about to say, yeah, moves that watch freaking Dante and Leo. I'm going to need. I, I feel like I need to watch their matches in slow mo some, at some points. Because there's so much shit happening at one point in time between the two of them. I'm like, I don't know who to look at anymore. And then, then we have Team Taz after they go over once again trying to recruit them. Of course, that storyline dragging its feet. Uh, the main event to this is Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lethal. And this was brutal. This was a fantastic match. Oh, amazing. Like, this is how you bring Jay Lethal into your company. And it's not yeah. over yet, Tony. Sammy Guevara yeah, indicating he's loco. He is. Oh, my God. Oh, There's chance. Big risk. Oh. No payoff. <laughs> yeah, no payoff is right. Jay Lethal's got a tremendous opportunity in front of him right now. It wouldn't shock me if uh, Dr. Samson stopped this match. I want to talk to Sammy Samson. Guevara crashes and burns. And Jay Lethal. Yeah, so that was rough. But uh, Sammy with the GTH on Jay Leto, you could tell that you could tell that he uh he was very grateful for this win. Look at his look at him his mannerism after the cover. Kavar's got him up. GTH, that's it. Right between the eyes, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy wins it. Sammy Guevara just days after full gear comes here in dynamite in our main event and just defends the TN. Like I could tell he was saying something thankful to him there, you know? Yeah. I mean, he got to shine in front of probably one of ROH's best world champions in their past. And just the fact that, I mean, the guy's been white hot as of late. So, yeah, it's 
that has to be so fucking cool for him, though, because imagine how long Jay Lethal's been around. That was probably some guy that Sammy was watching coming up. So, so after Dynamite went off of the air, they did something special, as they always do. CM Punk had him come out there and sing because he said that he was going to sing country songs so he made him keep his word and sing country songs oh my lord after that they gave the mic to Ruby Soho CM Punk did yeah and um intro little detail before you play this did you hear um Ruby actually said told um so I think she mentioned what Punk said to her in an Instagram post. Yeah. She looked at Punk and said, what do I say? And Punk said, whatever you want. Yeah, her tweet, her, her Instagram post was, after we went off the air on Wednesday was something I'll never forget. When Punk handed me the mic, I asked him, what do I say? And he said, whatever you want. I don't know if I'll ever have the words to express, express my gratitude to AEW, but I'll spend the rest of my career trying to find them. So uh, when he told her to say whatever she wants, this is what wound up happening run this here what this means to me <laughs> honestly <sighs> I've been a Hoosier my entire life and I'm so damn proud of it <laughs> so thank you so much you guys have been an incredible crowd tonight oh my god start to finish and y'all are the reason I do this. You guys, some of you guys have known me since the very, very beginning, and I'm so grateful for it. And I know I got family here. My brother is here, y'all. I don't know where he's at, but 
I love you so much, Bob. I love you. I love you. And all of you, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for all your support, for supporting me, for supporting the most incredible professional wrestling company in the world. an amazing see how moment. see how happy she sounds <laughs> just from the heart see we saved the feel good stuff until the end there isn't that nice <gasps> dynamite did shy of a million viewers 984,000 in the point thirty seven eighteen to 49 demographic definitely up though from the 913 from the previous week with the point thirty four. so up across the board yeah they're, they're, they're getting back up there so mm-hmm uh, Got to talk a little bit about Rampage. Not too much. We're getting to the end, folks. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, what do I got in the Rampage program here? Bad Darby stuff going on, man. He takes some bad head bumps during the match with Billy. Oh yeah, Darby. Darby took some rough runs this Rampage. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not concussed. But yeah, Sting's at ringside. But watch this Darby bump here. Sting. Sure. Getting in the ear of Darby Allen. Oh. <laughs> Like a rag doll, like a bag of laundry, like a whip bag of bones. The way he hit there wasn't safe at all. Me and Darby have had our issues, but I'll, I'll be honest, I, I kind of feel for him And then there's another right one now. that looks bad. This you dive afterward looks a little bit rough, too. Darby Allen can be, oh, yeah. but coming into this match with those injured ribs against somebody with the size, the record of Billy Gunn. The how history, can, the experience. Don't forget that, too. It's caliber. Absolutely. Oh, but Darby. Dropkick. Very smart. Uh oh. Watch out here. Oh my god. Oh, look at he hits there. Well, this is not Billy Gunn. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. And then here, poor Billy Gunn bumps his head on the camera. Watching what's going on. <laughs> wow. Like the mock towards Sting right there. Disrespectful. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Right in the camera on the post. Watch out. This is where Darby excels. Oh, Darby coming over the top. The stunner. Darby's on and it. Look at this, Darby Sloppy because he's big right ass Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. That's a big man to turn over yeah, in that move. Sucks. About to Probably fucked him up there exactly too. Right big ass Billy Gunn. Uh oh. Oh, got him. Cover up, Darby. Can he get the win? Oh, no. Oh, not even a one count. That's Darby's finish. He's won championships with that. Not even a one count, Taz, like you said. Unbelievable. But look at another one. A second coffin drop. Darby hooks. I got it. So, no one should be kicking out a coffin drop on a one count. I don't know what kind of crack they smoking over there on Rampage having Billy Gunn kick out like that. That's fucking crazy. I don't know what kind of crack Billy Gunn was smoking. I was like, what the fuck? Like, they should not have allowed that to happen. There's a new talent. Isn't he one of the pillars? Isn't that what they keep saying? That he's one of the pillars? Then the pillars finish, or has anyone ever kicked out of the coffin drop before? Oh, people have kicked out of it. I guess so, but I don't know that if I would. Often. Yeah, don't do it on Rampage. I mean, you could do it on Rampage. Just don't do it with Billy Gunn. Yeah, and the the main uh, event was Bobby Fish and Adam Cole against Luchasaurus and uh, was it Jungle Boy or Christian? I believe Christian. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy was there. Okay, and Not they wind up, yeah, they wind up having to leave poor poor uh, Bobby Fish in the ring, getting his ass kicked. Essentially, what winds up happening here? There was another. There was a what was the match in the middle? Oh yeah, it was the two girls. That's right, Jade Cargill and uh, Red Velvet. Don't care. I saw it, but still don't care. But yeah, Bobby you do too much up. even by acknowledging. Right into the stair trap. Is it going to be? Yes, he's going to lock it in. 
My God, Bobby Fish is a lot of trouble. He's in a ton of trouble. Look at look, see Adam Cole's face back there. He's torn. He don't know what to do. He's torn, but he's got Luchasaurus and Christian Cage with a steel chair blocking the weight of the ring. Jungle Boy back into the snare trap. Got it locked in tight. Got a tap out. Oh, he got him. Yay. Everyone loves to send the crowd home. Happy finish, right? Yeah. But yeah, Dynamite's all right. You know, I don't really oh, yeah, they're doing good. Dynamite. They're not pissing people off. So. Well, he's not trying to. No, not at all. All right, guys. Well, that leaves us with like, this Monday Night Raw, right? The egg saga continues. Did you really not watch it? I It, it was like a background for me. So it's like, I know what happened. Because I don't remember the ending. But I right, watched it, but I don't but remember right the after, ending. Oh, I, I remember the ending because the okay. end relates to the egg. Okay, so that's all that. I remember so, some of it. Now you remind me. I remember everything but the end. Because the end, I'm always starting to, to gear up. But when you talk about yeah. it, I'll remember it. Yeah, but anyway. I, I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll just I'll run us through the egg saga first. But yeah, it kicked off with the promo package for the egg. I don't fucking know why. At one point, people were running around. Because the the whole thing Vince said was, whoever uh, hey, was um, if nobody if if Sonya and Pierce can't find whoever stole the egg, they're gone. But whoever finds basically whoever finds the egg gets a WWE Championship match. And right. at literally at one point they did they did the fucking twenty four seven title runaround thing. But here's the problem: you fuckers didn't think I noticed this. Why was Rhea Ripley in that group? So there were a couple of issues that I had with this. First of all, like we said before, it opened exactly how we jokingly said that it was going to open. That was one of my biggest levels of disdain for it in the first damn place, that this thing actually had the gall to open exactly how we were worried. It did the whole egg recap with the dramatic music. And I even said last night that they're going to go. Dun, 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 dun. And, and it'll, it'll fade to black on the egg. Jokingly, though, not fully invested in this being what they do. It's what they do. Though. Common sense. Like it's literally what they did. Now, this is from what we have heard in a sense beyond their control. And you might be asking yourself, well, how is it beyond their control? Because it is 100% a Netflix paid promotional partnership promoting Red Notice. That's the main motivation behind it. So that's the way that, uh, and I mean, I'm not excusing it. Now, here's my problem. If you're going to do that promotion, like I said before, couldn't you have done something more clever? Like, couldn't you have done something more appropriate? They're destroying the room looking for the egg. Like they're throwing things up in the air, jumping up and down. It looks like when a toddler like gets into something it's not supposed to and just throws its hands and they're just throwing the shit everywhere. These this is how grown adults look for an hundred million dollar egg. By destroying a room, and throwing around this is how adults that? act. And and like later when they come back to it, like you mentioned, they make the egg look like the twenty four seven title run. I didn't bother to pay attention to who was there, but you know, it's not the twenty four seven thing. I get it, everyone's yeah, looking I, for I this damn see- egg who all was there i just happened to notice rhea ripley and i'm like wait a minute what and it's like if you're gonna do your paid promotion don't bring it into our actual important shit like i don't know the wwe championship because in my head i was like oh that's how they're gonna work in seth rollins and biggie in the main event no 
Austin Theory stole the egg because he wanted to take a selfie with it. Yeah, and there's a bunch of underlying shit with that too, which is what lies the problem. Like, first of all, the egg took a lot of TV time, but Zayn wanted the championship match as a bounty for the egg, which was Vince's offer when he's in his office. And then Austin Theory has the egg, and he wanted to take a selfie. And Vince still doesn't give Zayn the title match. And then this is where the joke ties back into Brooklyn, because he goes, no one likes a snitch, which is a Brooklyn thing. <laughs> it was almost worth the stupidity. <laughs> no one likes a snitch. No, it wasn't. No lie. That wasn't. Becky Lynch cuts the heel promo. We're back to this again. We're back to heel Becky. Back to failed attempt at heel Becky because they're not going to boo her. Give it up. So why do it? You know? Because they're so stuck in their dumbass ways. And all their little blind Marky and Mark ass fans will accept it. She was just a baby face literally for Survivor Series. You know, how lame is that? And cried in a and cried in a and cried in a backstage promo. Kill the heel shit, you dumb fucks. Just make her a face and move on. Yeah, we were back to this nonsense. It failed again. the first time. It's gonna fail the second time. Dog has its sta- statement made, gentlemen. Anyway, Becky, and she gets to shit later on 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 Liv Morgan a little bit more. Tamina's there with Natalie, even though they're on separate brands. Yep, because why do we even give a shit? Yeah, I have no idea. I guess they, they forgot. It. Well, they have both brands there because of the egg. Even though Survivor Series is the once a year, it's now twice a year. Um, and I jokingly said that I hope that, that we don't have stuff about the egg during the women's match. That would be disrespectful. And they literally talk about the egg during the women's match. Bianca goes over by the KO, with the KOD, by the way. But what does it fucking matter? Um, they're talking about the egg in commentary. <laughs> See, see this, this is what happens when you're like me and you just have no faith. Because I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so Rollins, because the women's revolution is over. They don't have to care anymore. Yeah. So Rollins is cutting a promo. The crowd actually sings his music. They're behind him like, whoa. They're all doing the thing. Um, They're turning the- them face. Before the match even starts, he winds up killing Finn Balor with multiple stomps, just leaving him as a corpse dead in the ring. The match doesn't start. Yeah, there is no match. He just kills they, him. They just no contest it. Mm-hmm. But I said you um that link. Did you see what happened during the replays of that ass whooping? I saw what happened before the replay, because it happens in real time. So a fan tackles Rollins. He gets in there, man. Like, he really gets in there. Let me bring this up on the screen for you guys. Okay, hold on a minute. And we're obviously not going to have a match. I mean, look, look at the conditions. Oh, what the? Do you see that? Let's go back one more time. And we're obviously not going to have a match. I mean, look, look at the conditions. Oh, what the? Oh, Finn Balor. That is crazy, right? I would have held him down and let Rollins beat the fuck out of him. Stay y'all punk asses out of the goddamn show. They cut away really fast, what? right? Oh, my God. I had to beat him with the camera. Like, like, can we go back to the days where these fans got sent to the fucking ER if they jumped that damn barricade? 
All they need is one thorough ass whooping. I guarantee not one will ever try. And that's the third time that's happened to Rollins. You realize that, right? And for anyone who's wondering what like people they cut just, away people from. People just like to jump the rail when he's there. Anyone wondering what they cut away from. Here's the rest of what happened in this encounter. You want to blindside me, motherfucker? If y'all want to get some good rapport back with me with WWE, the next, happen, next time that shit happens, let them beat him over the head with like a light victory or something. Literally, like, send for the man. Where's his wife? Right. Make sure she got a bat with her or something. I gotta, I gotta go back one more time just because I'm in disbelief about how far that went. Yeah, fuck him up. Write it down. No, I'm kidding. Like I, I really need that to be like the new procedure though. Like he jumps that rail, all bets are off. If that that's the old procedure. Like <laughs> that needs to be the new and the forever procedure. There's nothing old about that. He should have since the cameras weren't on him. But then look we would look at how clean the footage oh, yeah. is that we got and this only happened a few hours ago. They don't want to have bad publicity of, of yeah, somebody that- whipping ass. See, what they don't realize, though, it's not going to be bad publicity. It's going to be a preventative measure. You saw what happened to him. Stay in your seat. Don't ban him for life. Just let him get one good-ass whooping in. He won't want to come back to the show in the first place. Problem solved. Oh, man. Stay y'all asses out the ring. Please. Yeah, please do. I, I wish we could have seen what Nobody what knows else. you. Nobody's going to know you afterwards. Yeah, and that took the attention away from how bad he beat Finn Balor because of how bad they're going to beat him. Uh. AJ and Omas face the Street Profits. Very good match. DQ, though. Angelo Dawkins, fire extinguisher, mayhem everywhere. He just decides, fuck it. And just blows them away with the fire extinguisher. Um, Carmella and uh, Zelina Vega win the titles over Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. Which, you know what, man? Rest in peace with that team. I don't give a fuck. I honestly feel like the other team is more of a tag team and more suitable as a tag team than they actually are. So that says a lot. Whoops, sorry about that. There's me pressing buttons on my browser. Yeah, see, they've they've, they've been a tag team for what, like a couple of weeks? And I can't can't take Carmella seriously anymore. Like, she has to go through this whole dramatic, let me put on my face. And Selena just throwing shit at her now just because they don't want to piss anybody off. They pissed off when they released her the first time. Like, it just doesn't make any sense that they do it like before the bell, like like after the bell or after the tag. Like, why doesn't she get that shit ready before? Exactly. Like, that Luchador's doesn't say been wearing masks for years. How comedy come, act. Yeah, how come you're not smart enough to wear a mask when other people wear masks? You know? Like, Ray doesn't come out zipping his mask up. Be a smart heel. Right. That Nothing about that gimmick says champion to me. No, not at all. But neither does the the gimmick, does the other gimmicks. To be fair, the the, the Freaking almost a superhero. See, I've I've been against the almost a superhero thing from the beginning. Yeah, 
I mean, we all know I've always been a Rhea mark, but that's because Rhea looks like somebody you could see as a champion. Yeah, and pretty much. here's the thing that bothered me about this match. They were scared of Rhea all match long. And she winds up. Rhea's on the ring and legal. They're petrified. And Carmelo winds up super kicking her into the ring post. Like, what the fuck? Like, motherfucker, if you go be like that, keep the energy the whole damn match. Yeah, and that distraction. They did 35 lets, laps around the ring running from fucking Rhea. Like, what? Yeah, that distraction lets Zelina hit the code red on Ash going over. Uh, Damian Priest and Apollo Crews have a confrontation, but it doesn't even really make any sense to me as to why that confrontation happened. Because uh, because it was Damian Priest open challenge for the U.S. title thing, Madoodle. Yeah, but Sami Zayn takes it. Like yeah. Priest, Priest never fought. You know. Also, Dana Brooke winds up winning the twenty four seven championship. He first. That's her only accomplishment, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Reggie's fighting Cedric for it, and way to bury fucking Cedric because Cedric manages to beat Reggie but that's not even good enough because then you have Dana who shows up hits a blockbuster on this guy covers him then the funny part this is the best part about it and I love this with the writing here so now we have the typical scene where oh no how are we going to get the belt off of her we're all guys we're not going to hit a girl but it's like she has her back toward you couldn't you hit her with like a schoolboy? roll her up slide up for underneath her legs and roll her up that's not like you're wrestlers. You know how to get the belt off of her without hitting her from when her back's to you, right? Look at her. She's shocked. She's completely vulnerable. You could just roll her up, right? Schoolboy? Am I fucking wrong? The more we cover this, the more I'm glad this role is background. If you want to if her front's to you, see, they're like, look, we don't know what to do. And when she's on the turn, inside cradle her ass. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Pick her up, set her down, lie on top of her. One, two, three. The suffering's over. <sighs> man. Becky shits on Liv some more about how she did nothing in the money in the bank, but then Liv smacks her. And like I said, you got the Damien Priest thing where once again, you have his temper. He goes he goes over with temper mode. He goes over Sami Zayn. He got mad. Mm-hmm. What else do we have that was relevant? The only thing that mattered is after his Austin Theory lost to Big E because an egg gets you a title shot. Yeah, that's right. He got the title shot for being honest about being the one who stole the egg. Even though he wasn't the one who was honest about being the one who stole the egg, he was the one who stole the egg. Which means that by default, he shouldn't get the title shot, which we all know that he wasn't going to win. But nonetheless, they give us this match. So they just use they use a stupid promotion just to fucking waste the title shot instead of just promoting the video like normal people. Yeah, and then you got Kevin Owens who shows up again, who's just a straight up heel. You know, you got Rollins who's a heel with him or not with him. Who really knows at this point? You know, but at the end of the day, Biggie, of course, is the one who goes over here. It would be funny if it was Austin Theory, but it's not. He looks really good in the ring, though. You know, he's a very talented guy. He's probably going to be someone who survives here. Look at that nice Hiranagi from Biggie. Owens on the side with Rollins. It's like they may as well make the two of them a team, but then they wind up arguing with each other, so maybe they're not for this. It's like a strange dynamic here, but nothing saves Theory from the big ending, which he goes over, and then that's it. And then these two wind up fighting, which I don't have any idea where the fuck this thing is going, honestly. But Rollins winds up eating the George big ending, considering too. What, George, considering what we took to get here, I would have rather just not have a match. Like I, I, I'm tired of these things where they just waste title matches just for the sake of shit gimmicks. Well, they go home with Biggie <sighs> on top. <sighs> and that is that, guys. Hope you all enjoyed. Our jokes. All right, well, 
That being said, don't forget. We have stuff coming up later on this week. More announcements, more shows, more surprises. Possible change of schedule that has to be evaluated a little bit more. I want to talk to some of you about how you feel about it, but don't worry, we're not going anywhere. The fun's just beginning as always. Uh, we're going to go some more into the Forza streams later on this week. Going to do some more PSO stuff. Going to do whatever new launch titles come out. Uh, new content down the pipe. And of course, this podcast will be on demand across all the universal platforms when it is over momentarily. Thank you to our live chat, including Jordan, Stacey Streams, Quest Thompson, Cabigon, Willie V2, as well as all of you guys lurking, and all of you across the live Twitch feed, the live Facebook gaming feed. And of course, those on the podcast, podcatcher apps, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and every other place popular podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 494, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier. We're out of here. Woo! See you guys for number nine. Shut it down.